Welcome back to the Science Fiction Film Podcast by LSG Media. I'm Dean. I'm Matthew. And on this week's episode, we are discussing The Day of the Jackal from 1973, directed by Fred Zinneman. Fucking shit. Ooh, all right. Dude, all right. there's We've been recording for 45 minutes already. We're live. I mean, no, we're not live, but dude, we are in it to win it, man. There is a lot of dudes in this flick, Matty boy. A lot of them. Oh, man, there's hey, a lot of people in this Hey, movie. real quick, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm ready to pick them. <laughs> I'm ready to pick them. <laughs> I'm going to finger them down. Day, that one, that's the guy. Hmm. Uh, shit. Mm, Are we on? Water. Is it? Oh, we're in. Yeah, we, we're in. We came in on the laugh, man. <laughs> we're in it. We're in it to win it. My name is Amri Batesh, and I'm here to win. Uh, old school Five UFC. Five million characters <laughs> in this movie. I don't know any of their names. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> don't even recognize an actor except for the guy who was the old guy in Munich, Michael Lonsdale. Holy shit. Hey, so hungry, a lot so of people, people in this fucking movie. Not going to know their names without Amazon <laughs> X-Ray. Uh, uh, sorry. You know why you don't know any of their names? Because they're extremely French or extremely British? I don't know. Because none of the characters matter in this movie. <laughs> they super don't. <laughs> and that's not to say it's bad. To be honest, dude, straight up, I know it sounds like I'm busting its balls. I did enjoy this movie quite a bit. Uh, did enjoy it. It's got some issues <laughs> that we'll <laughs> talk about. What do you mean? It's got, it's got some issues. It's got a little bit of, you know, I would say the word that jumps to mind is pacing. It's got some pacing issues a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. You know, but what's interesting about that is it's del- it's very deliberate in its pace. And it's go it is going for an angle of just this meticulous, calculated side of the jackal, the meticulous side uh, of the in, inspector LaBelle or Commissioner LaBelle. Gonna fuck that up some more. But I think at times that's a bit of a gamble, and I think at times that gamble pays off, and at other times, uh, it doesn't. <laughs> because there are there are moments in this movie where I'm like, wow. It's been a while that I've watched this Frenchman fold over his newspaper, smoke a cigarette, and talk to some other guy about stuff I already know. Hmm. That's still going. We're still doing that. <laughs> Can yeah. we go to the next scene now, please? No, absolutely Movie? not. Fuck. How fucking dare you, Matthew? I know. We're going to show everything meticulously. <laughs> this is the most English movie in France that has like German meticulousness all over it I've ever seen. Yeah, it's so European. Couldn't be more European this movie, could it? Very European. I mean, it's equal parts French, English, and I'm going to throw German in there for fun. Just for the funs, yeah. There's some Danes running around mm, or oh, fake ones. Now, <laughs> I don't I don't know if they're there, but I'm going to assume angry Swedes mixing in. I'm going to tell you guys right now, not going through every scene in this movie. Absolutely, Absolutely not. Hey, not. do you want a 15-part, 76-hour podcast? Yeah. Yeah, I do. That's what I want. I want <laughs> Dude, that. Hey, I, you know, it's flattering. It's flattering that anybody could think they want that from us. Though. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to turn this chair around backwards. I'm going to sit down at it. And you look me oh, right shit, in the eye. Are you turning you. it? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, are you fucking doing some dangerous mind shit right now? Hey. Are you going to rescue the black out. kids? Hey, sit down, Holmes. Let's oh. all sit down. We're going to have a talk. Look me in the eye. 
Oh, I like you your leather jacket, Teacher Anderson. Whoa, calm down, calm down. Everybody, everybody gather around. All you, all you troubled youths with, with so much potential. God bless you. But look me in the eye. You don't fucking want that from us. Dude, you, <laughs> you so don't, don't. You don't want to hear the denigration of Dean and Matt. As we crumble in the face of 20 hours deep into, all right, and scene 179A6, we finally get to the embassy and we have another conversation about, oh, fuck, dude. You don't want that. What what you don't want, (laughs) you don't want to come back to the space station, right? The last thing you want to do is come back to the space station a la Interstellar and just see Romilly, an old black guy. That's what Dude, it would be. Uh, that would be us. We would We'd just be the ones age. limping in, going bald, just like, "Hey, we're finally finished." And that's what it is. Like our sometimes our listeners, their perception of the shit we do is like they just went down to the planet, but like we just went down. How come you guys are so old and decrepit now? We just push play. How are you already old and decrepit? Because they didn't li- they, see. They were protected from the temporal, mm-hmm. uh, like like dilation. They didn't have to. They didn't have to. It didn't impact them, I guess, is my point. <laughs> As Neil deGrasse Tyson would describe our podcast, it is a gravity sink. It's a gravity sink that protects billions of worlds. <laughs> billions and billions of stars and billions and my billions is... of hours lost on the day of the jackal. Billions and billions. <laughs> there are billions of people in this movie. <laughs> Much more How than many there characters are stars. Billions and millions of billions. <laughs> Each one is their own little life form. Billions and billions of people. Around every major character, you can see the orbit of smaller (laughs) characters. Billions and billions of them. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. We are straight ripping that joke from Crystalia. Billions (laughs) and billions of stars. (laughs) Got to admit it. Oh, man. Oh, Oh, man. Yeah. You know, you know, funny thing about this movie though, it got me way more interested in the history of Charles de Gaulle than I've ever yeah, been. I, I, I read more about Charles de Gaulle than I did anything else in this movie. So did I. I watched, watched, and read so much, and I forgot. Like big blind spot for me because I, I do consider myself somebody very interested, especially in World War II history and kind of the surrounding history of that and the the people, the heads of state involved. De Gaulle was a blind spot for me, man. I really, you know, I focus. I, I was always more interested in the traitorous Vichy government that was, you know, the, the Nazi government in in France, the collaborators, and kind of that history and, and the resistance going against them. But the shit De Gaulle was up to during World War II and trying to rally free France to all of this mm-hmm. shit's fucking odd. Dude was a badass. Yeah. De Gaulle was a fucking badass. I don't think America loved him too much. Roosevelt was not buds with him. Right. Yeah, they they <clears throat> butted heads hard. And Churchill. Yeah, dude, did you see the great fucking quote when when because basically there was a there was a time during World War II where you know there was the Vichy government there, and you know I'm going to butcher this history because there's a lot. It's complicated, but there were some other French generals who were essentially trying to say that we are the leaders of the free France, and once once Paris is liberated, once France is liberated, we should be in charge. And de Gaulle was you know had more sway behind him, but it was still kind of up for contention and de Gaulle was essentially trying to assert himself as a no me and my people we will be the ones to lead free France and at one point Churchill was like yelling at him like there there was a meeting between Roosevelt and Churchill and de Gaulle and he was like no no you are not France you keep saying I am France and you are not you are wrong you do not represent them and then you know de Gaulle just looked at him and said well if I'm not France why are you arguing with me right and it just shut him up (laughs) like yeah 
It's fucking bad. It's fucking badass, dude. It's just cool. Like, you, it, you know, this is the French resistance historically, as it relates to the science fiction film podcasts, is the Maquis, you know, like the, that. Hell yeah. That's the, the, the Star Trek, right? Next Gen that's and it. into DS9, the Maquis resistance fighters. Same kind of idea, which is like, oh, you've surrendered, but we certainly haven't. Like, we yeah. aren't, we're not into your bullshit, man, you know? And, and it's funny because, like, <clears throat> in a lot of it's propaganda. American propaganda for sure, but like France mm-hmm. gets a real bad rap from World War II, and most people don't know anything about French military nah. history. I don't know a ton about it either, but I did study medieval history a lot, and there's a lot of compelling French uh, like military history. Of course, Napoleon leading up to all that shit, but like even going way back, <clears throat> and I've said this before. I had this professor; his name was Pontbrion. He was fucking rad. He traced his heritage to like. Uh, Charlemagne or not no no Charles Martel or somebody like that I, I don't remember somebody oh. like that pretty cool and um you, you you know you hear a lot of these cool stories and like how many times have we said it like can there be a modern French resistance film like Dude, it would yeah, be so 100%. kick-ass to see something like that just and also just like, like the Maquis just doing their just doing their terrorizing it would be just so cool totally and I mean you know and we as Americans especially, suck the dick of Churchill pretty hard. And I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. Like, yeah. There's a real powerful legacy there. But De Gaulle don't get enough love. Like, that's what my research informed me of. There, we need a fucking De Gaulle, we, a De Gaulle miniseries biopic, like a, a five-part HBO fucking miniseries of De Gaulle through the war years and on into, you know, this time, essentially, would be fucking excellent there's so much cool history there yeah yeah i don't know i didn't i I don't know enough about him to really say one way or the other but it's pretty interesting it 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 takes a lot of guts to be like okay we're gonna fight after our country surrenders and i'm gonna assist in that fighting right yeah in in the resistance i mean just that part of it is compelling enough for me to be like oh wow that's that's kind of interesting and uh, you know i had read a couple things that he was challenging to work with and stuff like that sure i guess um I guess when your country has surrendered because it has been uh, assailed by an enemy fucking force that's occupying your country, you're probably going to be under tremendous stress and all these other things. Uh, I think it's safe to say that you'll be perpetually frustrated. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. But uh, yeah, pretty wild. It's it's pretty wild that it's coming off of the back of this. And uh, yeah, it's uh, I'm kind of pumped that this, this jackal gets wasted at the end by these Frenchies. Take that, England. <laughs> Sometimes you guys get a little too uppity with your, like, uh, and who better to kill a French guy than an English guy? This guy's like, I'll fucking do it for free. I'll fucking blaze his head off, mate. (laughs) He's Australian. (laughs) (laughs) I'll fucking blaze his down, blow me head right off his shoulders, mate. Why are you telling me I get to kill a Frenchman? Mm, I'll do it for free. No, that's true. We got we got to really, you know, it's an oversight on our part. We have not nailed the posh British accent very well at all. We got to work on that. Mm We have to say things like tall and walk. Mm, He's a very tall gentleman, a tall chap. Charles de Gaulle was tall. We just sound like um, the king in like the Robin Hood animated. (laughs) Like totally, (laughs) totally ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) No, the king's mine, mine, mine. (laughs) Fucking sucking his thumb. That's Edward Fox. <laughs> de Gaulle was I tall. I want to kill De Gaulle. Me, me, me. <laughs> I'll do it for free. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. This motherfucker is all about the money. All about the money. Half this now, half, half now, half later. That's it, baby. That's like a that's like a British uh, aphorism, isn't it? 
<laughs> yeah, right, the old Robin Tug, half now, half later. <laughs> I'll get the other half before you come. I demand it. Very odd. Off to the races we go. <laughs> heave ho, heave ho, in and out. Do you want me to keep this pace up? All right. <laughs> just shoot it right into this napkin over here. Yes. <laughs> Dolly, really... if you don't mind flipping over to your port side. <laughs> Take cover. The bow's coming across. Okay. I don't what am I am I in a fucking uh, am I in a <laughs> Patrick O'Brien penned porn book? <laughs> fucking master and commander shit. Just getting weird. Is that Patrick O'Brien? I hope I said that right. Otherwise it's just I shit. have no idea. Patrick Can't O'Brien. help you on this one. Can't alley you. Yeah, yep. it's Patrick O'Brien. All right. Yeah, nice. That's who it is. <laughs> Steph Curry with the jokes over here. Oh I swish. Swish. I don't you don't need to worry about the rebound, baby. That shit's going nothing but that. <laughs> Hello, welcome, first-time listener who's never the day <laughs> of the jackal. We're doing the day of the jackal, as you can tell. We are incredibly intelligent people. Uh, first-time listener, welcome. Uh, I just want to let you know that what we're doing right now. This is called the old tap dance, the old Dean and Matthew two-step. <laughs> Well, we sort of dance around and try to distract you because uh, we don't know how to talk about this movie, to be perfectly frank. <laughs> hey, podcasting. that it's a bad movie, hey, but real quick, uh, boy, though. is it sure a glacier that I don't know how to melt. Hey, real quick, podcast in five years. Couldn't tell you how we're going to do this one. No clue. Yikes, Arenos. Okay, so. Yep. We're, so we're in France, yes, and, yes, and. So just give me an overview of the opening. Just in general. Uh, oh, well, yeah, I guess we haven't really done a true overview of this movie. Um, boy, is this is this a meticulous movie? Um, I'm not sure if I've ever seen anything quite like it. And I, I mean that when I say it. And, and, a, and a lot, like I said at the top, a lot of ways, it's a good thing. Like, this is one thing, you know, we just did Good Time, the movie Good Time, on, on our, our bonus feed for members only. And uh, I didn't think I would ever be comparing these two movies, but one thing I'll give this movie that reminded me of Good Time, it feels very realistic. For for 95% of this movie, it, it's strikingly real. And I even read reviews saying it has almost a documentary feel to it. And 100%. I would agree. Like, the people feel they don't look like actors. The people in the street look like regular people in the street. The, you know, the thugs who whack a dude over the head and toss him in the back of the truck from, from you, know, you know, nabbing the OAS guy. They look like just real dog worker guys. Um, this, so much of this movie feels very down-to-earth and real, and that's excellent. Um, there is one, there's one particular moment. It's not even a scene. It's a moment within a scene later that is wildly unrealistic and I can't wait to talk about it when we get there. Uh, but overall, this is a movie like you kind of you know, joked about. It is not concerned with character. And in truth, it doesn't need to be. Like, we, this is very much a movie about the plot. Correct. Uh, this is one of those movies where the assemblage of characters, they're interesting characters to watch do things, not to get into why they do that. Their reasons, their reasons either don't matter or are shallow, like the jackals. Like the jackal is just a fucking professional who's like, "Ooh, wow, you want me to take down the head of a you know a European country? That sure is a lot of money, and I'll get to retire. That's why I'm doing this. Period. End of story. I'm I'm just a very professional sociopath who wants to retire. 
with a lot of fucking money. Um, and that's his reason. That's why he's doing it. There's nothing deeper than that. And that's not a problem because this movie is not looking to tell the story of the complex. You know, I feel like that might be not a hindrance of the movie, but in a modern audience coming back to this movie or seeing it for the first time, we go, but where's our complicated anti-hero and the wifey doesn't see enough? Like, nah, that, that's not a part of this. <laughs> like that, This story is very much about professionals pursuing each other and, and trying to outdo each other and get away from one another. That's the story. The story is the cat and mouse, cat and mouse chase and watching the attention to detail from each party getting closer or further away from each other. That's the story. And, and that's fine. The only time that I really have issue with it is kind of what I was joking about of just, there are moments, man, scenes that where I'm just like, did we really have to have that phone call? Did we really have to have There's that a lot conversation? Of that. There's a lot of that. And, and, there, and some of it, like watching him meticulously work on faking his passport, I'm like, I'm down to watch that. Watching him meticulously construct his gun and talk to the, you know, the gunsmith about how to make it. I'm like, those are cool details to get into. And yep. I even like watching some of you know, the, the, the commissioner's detective work that I think is fucking cool. But it, it, we'll talk about it as I guess we get to them. But there are just moments where I'm like, Okay, I'm looking at my watch. Like, we don't need this much focus on it. We can move a little faster. Um, another thing I really like about the movie is its choice of essentially having no music. We have the opening music, and we have a couple of moments of diegetic music from the you know marching bands or a radio playing music here or there. But there's no score in this movie, and I kind of like it. Uh, and I'm somebody who you know I will argue for the power of a good score all day long. But in this movie, I think it's an actually striking and interesting choice that works. It's cool. Uh, it, it adds to the just very gritty realism of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, the other thing, like I was saying, I am so much more interested, and this is just my own thing, like it's not a fault of the movie, but I get so much more interested in the history of this that I'm like, I, I wish there were more about De Gaulle in here. I wish there were more about the OAS and their formation and what they're mad about. Because that stuff is essentially background noise. Um, that, that's just the, the initiating incident. And then the story is the guy they hired. That's it. Uh, overall though, man, I, I did enjoy it. Um, there's a, there's a lot of good stuff here. It is just hard to talk about because there's 800,000 scenes and millions and millions of characters. So many millions of characters. Yeah. Boy, how do you feel? Um, so I'm, I'm pretty close to what you're saying here. I also actually enjoyed watching this movie. It's funny, man. There's, you know, I'm starting to have this revelation, this this kind of deep into podcasting, which just goes to show you how much you still have left to kind of learn about podcasting, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, you know, even though you do it for such a long time, you're like, yeah, but we're just kind of scratching the surface here. You know, <laughs> like this, that's why, that's why I always am, am, ask us to challenge ourselves to see if we can get better and stuff, because I know we can. And I know that it's just sort of part of the process. And you know, I start to make these revelations when I'm covering something like The Day of the Jackal because there's movies that are fun to cover. There are movies that are fun to watch. And I'm starting to realize that they don't always equal the same thing. Indeed. Like, yeah. it's, I enjoyed watching The Day of the Jackal. And it's interesting and there's stuff going on. And I, I don't know how much I have to say about it. I'm, I'm sure we will do what we always do because every time I have sort of this anxiety about boy, I don't know what we're going to say here. I'm sure we will come up with things to say. I'm, I'm not, I, I, don't, I don't think that's going to be a problem. But what, what I'm trying to say is that while watching it, I found myself taking these really crazy explicit notes. And then at about the 55 minute mark, I just closed my computer. 
because <laughs> it's too much and, I, and I'm not so really enjoying this right now. Like this experience is not enjoyable to me, which is something we just spent four hours talking about. <laughs> so I was like, I need, to, I need to fix myself here. And this has nothing to do with, you know, I mean, yes, it has to do with what I'm covering, of course, but it, it has more to do with me just sort of checking my mindset and in, in, in flexing and trying to figure out a way around this. Um, and, and, you know, there is, there is that, that creative process is interesting to me. It's not the most fun I have doing podcasting, but it was an interesting learning experience for me, which is what I do actually appreciate about talking about the day of the jackal today, um, which was, I'm just going to shut my computer and watch this fucking movie and enjoy it. Because when you're watching it, it's kind of easy to watch. It, yeah. it does have some issues. I, I do think it's a little bloated. I like meticulous planning and surveillance and all that stuff too. We've talked about it a million times. We've talked about it a million times back when we covered Walking Dead, right? We, we, this could not be more of a contrast to like, we're going to go raid a thing. Like, this guy's <laughs> we're taking plan it for 20 seconds. Yeah. And, yeah. And these guys, this guy does all of this to take two shots. And that, that's, that's yeah. something I think is really awesome about this movie, to be perfectly honest with you. But there is also a lot of, there, there are a lot of things that I think you could probably cut and get and get out of here and just kind of, you know, really keep things moving. Because at the end of the day, you say it's a two hour and 23 minute movie about this guy who goes by the Jack, by the name of the Jackal. And he's attempting to set himself up in a position to where he can take a shot at the French president. And you go, okay, awesome. And when you, when you watch it sort of play out, I feel like it's easier to just watch and let it wash over you than it is to sort of document what you're watching. And that was right. a real learning experience for me this time around. Like I, I don't often find like I, I'm enjoying watching this. I just don't know about talking about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It yeah. was, it was no, an interesting experience, but, but yeah. And I think there's not, there's not a lot of compelling dialogue. There's not a, there's not a lot of compelling character beats or anything like that. No, as far as I can tell, as far as I'm concerned, I guess so that's my opinion. Um, I think the editing is actually kind of good. I think it, yeah. I think it's edited quite well. But right. um, like the, it, the way things are, are structured, yeah, the structure yeah. of the editing is pretty strong. It, it makes it not super confusing. Yeah, no, I that that's a I, that's an excellent point. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Like, this movie is not confusing. Spy just, movies can get really confusing if you don't so pay attention. Confusing. Like mm-hmm. Tinker Tailor, kick ass movie. You better pay attention. Bridge like of Spies, constantly. pay attention. You know, right? That's something I appreciated about this story of it being kind of a spy. It has that spy thriller story to it, For but sure. it moves straight forward. There's no double turns and twists and the, and back and forth in time and flashback to make this make like no. It is a march forward the entire time, and we're watching each of them put their pieces together to fulfill their mission. And it, it's very understandable, even though it's a lot. And I think it's because it's it's super realistic. Uh, this this yeah. isn't obviously this is not true. They did try to kill Charles. Uh, Charles de Gaulle many times. Oh yeah, and failed many times. He had. I. Uh, the, the, that's one of the most interesting things too. The movie only becomes fictional at around the jackal. <laughs> seven eight minutes forward. Uh, the the opening that assassination attempt that was the big major attempt on his life yep. by the OAS, and that pretty much went down in the movie the same way it did in real life. That's yep. pretty much exactly what happened. 
Yep. Nobody, no, yeah, he didn't, he didn't get scratched. He didn't get any damage. Didn't get us. Nobody got hurt. That's what's amazing about that. Not even the cops on the motorcycles alongside him. No one, no, no injury. Yeah. And he even evidently, when DeGaulle got out of his car, he remarked like, uh, something like, uh, they fire like pigs or something like that. <laughs> like they suck. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Fucking badass. So yeah, man, it's, uh, it, it's, uh, I commend the movie for being very, very realistic. Um, for the most part, there's a couple of goofy moments, but, but the idea of it, like like you were saying, and it's such a good point. There's no like he pulls off the face mask. It's the double blind drop fake out. It's the fucking you know. It's none of that mm-hmm. shit because that shit that's that's spy movie stuff, right? That's, yeah, exactly. It's yes, there are shit. betrayals. Yes, there are double agents, but seldomly are they pulled off with the with the gusto of Mission Impossible, right? Right. And that's right. what this is just that real world like I we just had to fake papers and and hide and move around and and talk to people and send letters. Like that shit sounds boring to say, but that's real life. Which is why I think there's a lot that that's why I think especially for a modern audience. I mean, it's going to be tougher. It's going to be tougher to say 1973, you know, <laughs> It's going to be tough to take this movie into a modern audience, and I, and I can get that, you know. <laughs> the poor film professors who have to sit in front of their class like, all right, you dum-dums, turn off TikTok, fucking buckle up. This one's going to, we're going to have to work through this. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, um, it, and it's, and it is, there, there are a lot of characters. There's a lot to remember, and that's one of the things that was, was not working in its favor. Um, a lot of these people are real people. Some of them are not. But um, mm-hmm. that's why I got to a point where I just said, okay, fuck the characters. <laughs> kind kind Th- of, Because yeah. there's, so, there's billions and billions of characters. <laughs> because there's so many, and because, they're, because they only serve as, uh, as plot function, like they only serve to push the plot forward, right? 100%. Yeah. There's no, I don't understand, like, like Montclair or Quezon or Colonel Rodin, I don't know. What did these dream about? Right? I don't know. I'm not supposed to know. Right. Other than they <laughs> right. they want this guy out. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And, and that's the thing. I mean, like that even the opening, like they kind of give a very, very quick summary of an, an extremely long and complicated problem. Like the Algerian war that was fought against, you know, sure. the, the Algeria because Algeria wasn't even a colony of France, technically. It was just considered a part of France. There's just that is what it is. Um, and there was a big uprising post-World War II. I think it started in 58, and it lasted for 10 fucking years, essentially. Um, but it was de Gaulle who essentially said, and which is pretty shocking for the head of state of a major European country to go, you know what? We're going to decolonize. We're going to give our, all our colonies essentially freedom. And, and they, he offered that to Algeria, and they took it. They became their own country. Uh, and that's the inciting event here where a whole bunch of the military of France actually, you know, essentially the right-wing faction of the, the military who was very much pro-colonialism and like, hey, we should fucking put those Muslims in their place, uh, they defected. They left the military and were like, we will fucking kill de Gaulle for this. Uh, we will not let him give up the, the glory of France. Uh, and they yeah. tried hard and, to and, get him. And probably because so many dudes died over there. And they're like, ah, oh, fuck absolutely. it. Let it yeah. go. Yeah. Lots of killing. Anyway. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's interesting because a lot of, a lot of people who followed, it's interesting, it's interesting thinking that he thought that way because he was considered, if I'm not mistaken, a lot of his supporters were, were right as far as France is concerned. Um, which right. is pretty wild. No, I, I think it was a kind of shocking turn when he, right. like people were not expecting him to, to decolonize. Right. <laughs> that was like a, whoa. Right. It's pretty wild. 
Decolonization. <clears throat> You're like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> ah, we have enough shit to manage. Fuck it, let it go. But um, we should probably stop being assholes so much. <laughs> so yeah, we 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 don't feel. The good news is that we don't spend a lot of time thinking about what their what their motivation is to kill him because it doesn't really matter what their motivation is other than they're political enemies of his. And it exactly. definitely doesn't matter to the jackal because he's a professional. He he has no interest in the reality of He's a freelancer. He's like, I don't care, pay me. Yeah, this <laughs> I'll is, kill whoever you want. Yeah, this has nothing to do with politics as far as he can see. Like he's as far as he he doesn't care. It does, but he doesn't care. I guess is what I'm trying to say, convolutedly. <laughs> so you have this whole plot set up where you're like, okay, we're going to assassinate this guy, and that's it. And it's the biggest job the Jackal's ever had, clearly. He, he apparently killed Rafael Trujillo in uh, the Dominican, who was re- really assassinated in real life. That's true. 61. Pretty wild. But um, yeah, he, uh, he didn't... <laughs> he didn't... Uh, this guy didn't exist, so... But, um, and he's saying, look, this is a once in a lifetime job. You're, you're going to have to pay. This, this is, you're going to have to pay. And it's going to be very, very secretive. You have no idea the, the, what you're asking for. And I like this, like, I like all of this setup with him being careful and him saying, look, you know, here's, here's the way it's going to do. And that's just, that's just the way it will be. And, um, mm-hmm. he's super careful about it. Also, I love the, you know, they, they, they show the execution of Bastian Thierry, right? Yeah, which really happened. <laughs> which really happened, yep. Um, his great quote, no French soldier is going to raise a rifle against me. <laughs> Hard cut. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's crazy. crazy about that? All of the dudes in that assassination attempt, all the guys with the guns, because if you notice, uh, Bastian Thierry, he was the guy who waved with the newspaper to tell him that he was coming. Mm-hmm. He didn't fire a gun. He organized it. And He's he the leader, the, like, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. Um, and all the guys who fired the guns, de Gaulle pardoned all of them. Yeah, and one of the reasons he refused to to pardon uh, theory is that he didn't shoot. He kind of thought it made him a coward. Uh, and then another really <laughs> funny reason. There were several reasons. But during his trial, he claimed he intended. Uh, this is Bastian Theory, the guy who was executed here. During his trial, he claimed he intended to kidnap De Gaulle, not kill him. Asked how he intended to confine the president, Bastian Theory replied, "Well, we would have just taken away his spectacles and his braces." His defense lawyer was heard to, mur- to mutter, he's just signed his own death warrant. As it was much anticipated that while de Gaulle might have pardoned an assassin, he would not pardon an assassin who publicly mocked him. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <clears throat> now that's that. And um, <laughs> done. Kill him. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Mark Rodin becomes the new guy. He's, he's hiding out in Austria and he's going through the selection process and they land on this jackal cat. And they're like, listen, this is going to be our guy. And he's like, we're not terrorists. We are patriots. Right? <laughs> Says every terrorist. Of course. <laughs> but one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you know, the jackal's like, this is, we can be done, but we got to do a lot of planning here. And DeGaulle, no, no, if you know this, best security probably in the world. And, um, you know, you've queered the pitch for everyone else. I love that quote, by the way. <laughs> You've queered the pitch for everyone else by failing. And that's such yeah, a cool the- premise. And that's such also a realistic piece of this movie where he's basically just saying like, listen, you guys have fucked up so bad that now security is re- really going to be a problem. That's it. And your organization, full of informers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love how when he's like, well, they, we don't quite have the money for that right now. And he's like, well, use your network, rob some banks. And they fucking, fucking figure it out. Pay me. do. <laughs> figure it out. 
Yeah, that's so good. I mean, like, no, like the jackal, the actual character himself, Edward Fox. He's he's fucking terrifying in this movie. He's a, such a weird sociopath, but he is also kind of badass. <laughs> he's a extremely professional. Yeah, he he's good. It's a, it's a good role for sure. Oh yeah, no, he's yeah. very well played. There's just no like. It, it's so weird because you're watching it so academically. Yes. Yeah. Right? It, it like has I that know feeling. Charles de Gaulle doesn't get assassinated. Number one, which kind of fucks up the movie. You think so? A little bit, right? Like I, I obviously he's not going to succeed. So mm-hmm. so then I guess it becomes how does it end? Right? I know de Gaulle died of old age or some shit. Right, and, and and oddly enough, he only died like a handful of years after this, like two or three years. No shit. Right. Wow. <laughs> well, no, maybe I'm sorry. He might have been a, like more like ten years, okay. but not too terribly long. But long enough to run out his fucking term, you know? <laughs> like, oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. Like, kind of knowing Charles de Gaulle doesn't get assassinated makes you go, well, I know he, I know there were many assassination attempts against him, mm-hmm. and this jackal survived. cat isn't going to get him. So we kind of know that going in. Right. It's weird. I guess it is. It, it does kind of mess it up a little bit. It doesn't bother me just because I I am somebody who gets interested in like, all right, what is the process? Like, how how did it? It's true. How did it happen? Versus what ended up being the result? Um, and also yep, like, what kind fair. of mayhem does he leave in his wake? Even if they thwart his final attempt of the assassination target, he doesn't get. How many people die in the process? How many people are, are you know, damaged by this it, fucking It's kind of like jaunt. Rogue One, right? <laughs> like, they're going to get the plans. <laughs> they're going to get them. They're going to get lose? them. Right, yeah. So I guess so it's So many just, Bothans. Like, oh, the Bothans. So many Bothans. Not a one, by the way. But, um... <laughs> I know! <laughs> fucking piece of shit movie. Just billions and billions of white, brown, and Chinese people. Not <laughs> billions one... and billions die for the death star. <laughs> All of the Bothans lived. Billions are still alive. Billions and billions. And those Bothans try to use that as their sympathy ticket. Those pieces of shit. Pieces of shit. Fuck them. Eradicate them. <laughs> Send in the jackal. The jackal. The jackal. My name is the jackal. I'm here to kill your president. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, should we should we just dive into to the jackal beginning his you know the laying well, out let's, of his plan? Let's and talk what he needs about to do. the jackal and multi-hazardar. So they blow so up I, some banks. They get the money, right? They're gonna hire him. Money. We know this is gonna happen. We don't have a fucking movie, <laughs> indeed. But the jackal um, research—that's um, it's. I mean, it kind of starts right around the fifteen-minute mark and just goes for the rest of the night. <laughs> the whole fucking movie, indeed. The well, one thing is gonna I, go I, to the airport and he's going to steal a passport there. A passport. Pastela passport. I am the jackal. Look out for me. <laughs> Oops, I took this man's passport. He's a firm Denmark. I don't care. <laughs> I don't I I smoke care. cigarettes. I don't care. Nobody's French like me. I am the jackal. <laughs> he's not even French. <laughs> I know. He's fucking English. <laughs> fucking Englishman. They think but they're not even 100% better, sure about that. If you think he's the jackal, it's a Frenchman. <laughs> You know, one interesting fact about this uh, is that evidently the the so uh, Frederick Forsyth, the author of the book, he had actually 
tried to warn uh, the the British government, I think it was, about this method that the jackal uses in the movie of you know, basically looking up a dead person and using their identity as a fake passport. He's mm-hmm. like, this is happening. Like, they're doing this. This is happening. And they didn't really take it seriously until after the movie came out. Not even his book. Um, but after the movie came out, they're like, oh, we should look into that. And they realized it was definitely happening a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, damn. Art is art is more accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pay attention sometimes. I call on Jack Hound. I'm so clever. I will take the name of your dead loved one. <laughs> I go through the book and I am two years old again. I uh, they call it a return to innocence. <laughs> now it is time to kill. I don't understand why you don't get the Englishman because the jackal should be French. Should be so French. But he's not. So British. So fucking British with that but ascot. I Jesus Christ. I am a better level than the English pig. I know my way around the female body. I don't shame them for their hairy armpits. <laughs> I am not a stodgy, stiff, limey frog. I don't strangle them to death after I make love sweet love to them. <laughs> <laughs> Two more hours of that. So buckle up. Get buckle up. Two more hours oh, of that so voice. Many, okay, so let's... many British accents on French characters too. <laughs> there are times where I'm like, wait, is he? Oh no, they're all supposed to be French. Whoops. Oh, I'm guess like, what oh, yeah. I'm trying to say. If it was me, if I was a fucking jackal, mate, I would have flown in there, kick his fucking tall head right off, <laughs> ran it back, <laughs> seen it spinning across the fucking table. I would have done the fucking bottle challenge with his head. <laughs> yep. That's would have been uh, that would have been our guy. Ah, so, would have been good. He's stealing a passport. A lot shorter and dumber, but it would have been fun. And he visits Paul Oliver Duggan gravesite, and he goes, "Ooh, birth certificate time. Mm-hmm. Time to get that shit." Now he becomes a, a man child that is two years old with a new passport, right? <laughs> and then he also goes out of his way to steal uh, another person's passport. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I like how he has backups essentially, yeah. like methods ready for like, all right, well, I have this one that I've you know procured and is official and it you know looks really legit, but I'm also going to steal another guy's actual passport in case I need to change my appearance and be that guy. Yep, there are basically, yeah, there's that's that's the he's got all the all the fallback plans. So Fucking your your thorough. main your main through lines in this movie, Matt, are the jackal. Right. Mm-hmm. Then you have, <laughs> I just said, French authorities, basically, which right. ends up yeah. turning into Claude. <laughs> Claude Lebel. Claude Lebel. He's a great investigator. Him. Indeed. Uh, and, then you, <laughs> and then you have, because it's like, they spend a lot of time like, oh, we're tracking down these OSA guys and we're going to snatch up this guy who's doing drops at the post office. We're going to interrogate him and... And, you know, this is just to show the French authorities are cl- trying to close in on whatever plot is afoot because they know these guys are around. There was an assassination attempt. And it's almost like they kind of stumble upon the fact that there's going to be this jackal guy, right? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, they the, the other interesting thing about this is that it's not like they don't know where the OAS guys and the leadership are. They know, they know exactly where they are. They, they know they, the hotel he's in. Wait, what's that? They know what hotel he's in. Oh, yeah. They know the floor. They know all the guys who are in there. And they're just like, yeah, nobody's set foot out of there in like five weeks. But we know that's where they're holed up. And we're just keeping an eye on every person entering the building and leaving and, you know, charting all of this out. And 
Again, that's what I think is cool about this movie's like actual spy work is because it is like actual fucking spy work. For like, sure. There's not cool gadgets and shit. It's, no, it's a dude in a fucking truck with a camera taking documenting every time somebody leaves and just charting down boring ass data and making patterns out of it. Of like, all right, this guy comes in at the same time every day. He picks up some, uh, you know, a package. He goes out to where the you know the mail couriers pick it up, and he waits until the truck is actually there to drop it off so that nobody can take it out and switch it or intercept it. Uh, and they start making these patterns and realizing, all right, he's their courier. I think his name is. Doesn't matter. Uh, does it? I don't have it. Uh, set myself up for failure. Uh. It's uh, Mont something. <laughs> it is. We're trying to do come up with his name. It doesn't really no, I'm looking, I'm looking down the list of 700 billion characters and trying to find the name that I recognize as his fucking name. <laughs> it's uh, Walensky. 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 He's Walensky. Yep. Walensky. Yeah, you got you got the French authority stuff. You got the Denise thing. You got Walensky. You got Dude, the guy who plays Walensky, John Martin, uh, served in the French resistance during World War II and later fought with French paratroopers in Indochina. Jesus Christ. Sweet. He's fucking guy. Kick ass. Gets tortured to shit in this movie and dies from it, but uh, <laughs> badass in real life. There you go. Poor bastard in this one. Poor bastard. Well, um, let's go to, uh, let, let's talk about, let's kind of just stay on the whole Jackal stuff, like all of his homework, because that's compelling oh, yeah. to me. Indeed. Didn't we, know, shit. we know Denise is going to be told to go to the Elysee Palace. Uh, Elysee, oh, Elysee, Elysee or something. How do you say it? Some French. Oh shit. yeah, yeah, the Alice, Alice. I think. I think. Uh, yeah, I wrote it down. I actually wrote down the phonetic pronunciation after they said it. So I'll find it in my notes eventually, baby boy. <laughs> we'll get there. But she's getting. She's like, I have a mission for you. Elise, I guess. Right. Elise. 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 Bon. Elise. Elise. Bon. Bon. Bon, oui. Well, anyway, yeah, she's going to get close to somebody that's close to the Gaul, basically. That's it. Uh, I believe that is St. Clair. Uh, one of the it guys is, is actually is. in all of the meetings. Uh, I think he's essentially a minister, um, and he's in all of these these meetings with uh, you know the military and then eventually the, the uh, commissioner, Claude Lebel, and is privy to all of the information about the investigation and even yeah. just where, how far along they are. Yeah, anytime there's a break in the case... She gets that information to the OSA, who then get the information to, of course, Zajagal. But um, our boy gets his stuff. He gets, uh, he gets, he's going to do some hair dye as well. So he has that for later. He's gathering all the stuff he's going to need later, which I like. No surprises. Um, I like that he has to procure his own equipment, unlike James Bond, who just gets it handed to him by Q. I think that's kind of neat as far as realism right. goes. Yeah, and also just and showing what I like about this too, and the whole process of watching the jackal have to assemble all of this and 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 track down every all of the pieces that he's going to need for this mission. Uh, you realize how fucking intelligent he is. Like he's not just like I'm just a really good shot. Give me a gun. Like no, this guy. This is he's a survivor. He, whoever he is, he's definitely ex military. Has seen some shit. Has been deployed. He has killed many times before. He knows how to. You know, design a rifle that he needs. It's not just that. Oh, I. He tells the guy what you know. I, I'd like a thing that can do this. No, he hands him blueprints that he fucking drew, and he's like, "I want this. Make that." Mm-hmm. Uh, he's extremely intelligent and capable. Yep. And the guy's like, "Sure, I will. I will. Uh, I'll do that. No problem. It's quite remarkable." <laughs> I mean, this guy's and a gunsmith, and he's like, "Okay." And he's like, "Well, listen, 
a telescopic site. Um, I mean, I'm talking 400 feet. Aluminium, he asks for. Aluminium. Aluminium. <laughs> I'm British, so I have to add a couple of syllables to that word. <laughs> Aluminium. <laughs> Can you make it out of aluminium? <laughs> I don't understand. <clears throat> so uh, he gets some old newspaper articles and shit like that. We already did that, but he, but the French authorities are being briefed um, their hotel intelligence, right? Owned by OAS sympathizer, Rodine Moncler and Casson are there. They got bodyguards. None of them left in five weeks. Only one of them has gone in. This Walensky guy that you said, he's about mm-hmm. to get snatched up. And, um, you know, that we know that that's coming. But the jackal's running around doing his thing, and um, he goes to meet this dude, and he says, listen, I need... They start talking... You get the impression they're talking disguise. Right, right. Of like, I'm going to have to the change my appearance. The forger character to, is the forger. Yes. Um, and so he's the one who's going to be like forging documents for him, because, the, you know, again, this is one of his other people he's going to be. And this is actually something that is kind of hard to tell at this point in the movie. If you haven't seen it before, it, it is kind of holding back a little mystery right here. But this is for like essentially his third persona that he's going to have to be at some point, which we don't know what it'll be. Mm-hmm. But this guy tells him about, I think, I think <clears throat> taking a little bit of, what does he say? Thermite? Cord- thermite. Cordite. Cordite. That's right. You swallow. delicious. Yummy yum. You swallow mm. a little tiny piece of cordite and it makes you sick for about an hour and it changes the pallor of your skin. You get kind of gray and you look, you know, shitty and you feel better after an hour, but you still have kind of gray, tired looking skin. And he's like, that'll be perfect. I'll try it. So yeah. You're like, hmm. So he's wanting to look sickly and weak. Hmm. Old, perhaps. Perhaps. And this guy's uh, this guy's a little too cute. He's a little too he's a little too confident. But we'll come back to that because oh, yeah. no, this is the, we we the plant the seed jackal. here, right? We plant yeah. the seed here with you know half now, half on delivery, of course. And uh, you know these original copies, I'm going to need them, pal. And you can tell that this guy's a little shysty and greedy when he's like, well. Must be a big job you've got. Like, ooh, there must be a lot of money in this. And he's like, by the way, when you finish, I want the negatives. I want everything you're doing. You need to understand all of this shit is mine and secret. <laughs> Don't, you will forget the name Duggan. Don't fuck up. Yep, for sure. Um, he knows I, this guy's shysty. I think the cinematography is pretty cool in this movie. We get a lot of nice shots of France. There's a lot of, yeah. there's a lot of nice cinematography in this. Of course, um, what's his name here? Fred uh, Zinneman. Zinneman. He's in a lot of a lot of fucking kick-ass movies, like Gary Cooper and uh, High Noon. Oh shit! He's done a bunch yeah. of shit, man. He's been around the fucking block, this guy. But um, yeah, so our boy is uh, is out cruising around, looking around with his sweet neckerchief. <laughs> so British. Couldn't British. be more British. He's looking around. It's funny because this is this is essentially where he's going to end up taking his shot from. Like this is the courtyard that they're gonna they're gonna be. Yeah. So he's already looking around for it, and this is when he gets the the clever idea that he's going to stroll around, sit down, watch. He's checking out windows. He sneaks in past the little landlady there, and he Dude. gets the mold of the key. Yeah, and I love. I mean, this is again like real spy work shit. Yeah, Nothing fancy. Cool. He sits nearby, reads a newspaper because Wait. he knows this woman owns the place, and he hears her talking to someone else, saying, "Oh yes, all my tenants are on holiday. I have so much time." So he's like, "Cool, building's empty. I can just stroll right in." Yeah, and this is that. This is the part of the movie that is actually interesting, which is the like you said, the the sort of the spy craft. 
Yeah. And there's so much sitting and waiting, right? And then taking your opportunity to just go. Um, he buys some clothes, right? He picks up the beret. I love it. The shots <laughs> of France are great. They're, I mean, this is just really, they really are. It's Evidently, just, they got really a lot well. more. Uh, the, the producer was able to secure access to to a lot of like French government buildings, like actual offices and buildings, the interiors, which they normally did not let people film inside of. Uh, but evidently he was a good uh, sweet talker and got access to a lot of cool locations. And that's why the movie looks so good. It does. It feels very authentically France, <laughs> you know? Right. That's, and it adds, it really does add to that, like we were saying, that gritty, real, just this, this just looks like the world. It doesn't look like a set. Yep. He picks up the, the medals, and then that's when Denise gets briefed on, that's him, um, that's our, our boy, LSE, Ballet, Saint-Clair. He'll pack his wife and children and send them away, and that's when you move in, pretty girl. <laughs> You'll scare your ass horse with your dog. Um, meanwhile, the French authorities continue their tracking of Walensky, and they end up snagging him in a pretty standout scene, as far as I can tell. Oh, yeah, man. So fucking real and just yeah. so, so blunt. Quick. Yeah, so quick, blunt, dirty. They just Bang. hire a couple of dudes to blackjack him across the back of the head and toss him in a truck. Yep. And that's that. They did that to so many Gestapo. Jesus, so many. <laughs> And they're like, oh, take it easy. Oh, right away. No, we'll never see <laughs> that's, that's one good thing about being in post-World War II, France. You have so many gruff dudes who have been blackjacking like Gestapo and collaborators <laughs> across the back of the head. They're like, oh, yeah, I know that. I've exercised that arm so good. Yeah, my blackjack game is tight. <laughs> I can crack a lot of skulls. <laughs> who do you want? Let me tell you right now, I will get my black check across your head and uh, you'll never be seen again. Let me bleach off some of that Nazi blood and I will get to work for you. (laughs) That's the move. And uh, they interrogate this guy to death. Basically. <laughs> they interrogate him, and he just happened to die. Who knows? I guess it was very in- intense interrogation. Were they electrocuting him? Yes, they were. Okay. They just had him hooked up to a battery, I guess. Kleist, Oof. Kleist, Jackie is what they think at first. Because they're recording all of this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Playing it back, trying to figure it out. But we know that that's going to eventually lead them to Jackal and Fair, meaning possibly blonde. I like how they make that assumption. Right. Very clever. Fair. Um. <laughs> So Denise is trying to get close to St. Clair in some more cool spycraft stuff. She does a good job, but I'm going to tell you what, she almost gets that dog killed. Like this dog almost dies in this movie because that horse kicks back and just misses that dog, dude. Ooh, I wanna, I'm looking for it right Holy now. Holy shit, I'm watching man. the horse rear up. It just misses. Oh my God, you are right. Whoa. Oh shit. Dog would have been dead. Dead. Dead dog. That is, ooh, wow, that is really, I did not notice that. Fucking <laughs> scary. That dog is lucky as shit. <laughs> Good lord. Yeah. Yeah, that was really close. Close call, man. <laughs> but uh, she moves in on this old timer. Yeah, yeah. Fell off the horse there, but don't worry. The old ticker and the old pecker worked just fine. <laughs> <laughs> Truth be told, I've never seen a bird that looked quite like you. You're quite a pretty bird, aren't you? Come to my house. Callie. My family's on a holiday, and I will plow you efficiently and uh, in precisely. And politely, I will tally-ho upon you. <laughs> i got to be honest, so I'm not going to wear one of those rubbers, though. <laughs> Raincoats, I don't like how they dull the sensation. <laughs> Trust me, my dear, I need all the sensation I can get down there. So, 
If you could please just bend over and we can get right to work. (laughs) It's hard to feel anything. I need to feel as much of it as I can. All right, that was nice. Would you leave immediately, please? My wife is on her way home. (laughs) Flip on the BBC One on your way out. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just making him like a a goofy John Cleese character. (laughs) Now, if you do excuse me, I am late for a meeting at the Ministry of Silly Walks. Uh, if you'll excuse me, please, I've got to put on women's underwear and dance around. <laughs> this is the height of comedy in Britain. <laughs> Men aren't supposed to wear dresses. No, I have a good guffaw. Most likely I'm going to hit my neighbor with a dead fish and drive around on a tricycle. <laughs> See, that's funny to us, sir. <laughs> a topless young woman will go gavanting about through my kitchen, knock a few things over, and we'll have a yellow good time. We call those the Slurpy Nurples. <laughs> I'm sorry, the what? <laughs> Slurpy nurples, you know, fun bags. <laughs> Jesus, is that what you call breasts? Well, <sighs> we like to have fun over here. <laughs> we call them chest mitts. And the old, <laughs> good old gods loving England. <laughs> oh, my God. Floppy wampers. <laughs> Couple of bouncing footballs on that one. <laughs> All right, my wife has left. Would you like to come back over, please? And um, we'll get to the thrusting. Excellent. And this is like Charles, this is like um, Craig Dealey's house, basically, what we're describing. <laughs> we're describing Craig Dealey's affair. Yeah. All right, lovely. Excellent. Got to get back to the house because my boys want to go do archery. All right. <laughs> Ravishing good wits, those boys. <laughs> Bullseye, well done. <clears throat> yes. All right, lads, off to school you go, and I've got to go see Denise. Hopefully I don't give up any state secrets, but there's Mm. nothing to be said about what I might say while ridden. Father, why are you wearing women's shoes? Well, because it's it's a good time and it helps get father's rocks off, son. (laughs) Something you don't quite understand. (laughs) Off to school now, lad. (laughs) (laughs) Don't make me stamp my sexy heel again. Yep, that's the move. All right. Well, so we're even, about halfway through, right? Make you even freakishly taller than you need to be. <laughs> yeah, they get the information, and they got to get this information over to uh, over to uh, the president. Basically, they need to get it to De Gaulle, right? And that uh, De Gaulle, even though he LSA, is LSA. almost literally not in this movie, uh, one of the interesting things about him is his stubbornness and his refusal to change any of his you know parade routes or dates or any of his appointments he's like i'm not changing shit about my schedule at all and i think i mean i think i'm jumping ahead a little bit but i think we start to see about how stubborn de gaulle is at this point in the movie as well yeah we, we are going to learn that but essentially we're going to the minister of interior you know, right he's like we got to send this rider to the lsa palace and uh, jacquel is going to go back to his contact and do his thing but yeah uh the Jackal's contact's getting cute as original license, right? And this is where he wastes the guy. Does he kill him with a gut punch? I... I mean, is he Ivan Drago? Think so. It's, it is kind of weird. It's a weird moment where I'm like, oh, I, like, I thought he stabbed him at first. I was like, oh, did he just like, you know, have a hidden knife and just stick him? But I don't think so. I think he uh, punched his appendix to death, I think. <laughs> I guess. Or his yes. heart. Five-finger death touch. Death touch. That's that's one of the oddest things about this movie. Um, it's twice when he kills when he kills this guy and when he kills uh, uh, whatever the fuck that broad's name is. Oh, 
billions and billions of names. <laughs> How uh, could you possibly be God. asked to remember all the names in this movie? There's billions. <laughs> it is. Uh, it doesn't matter. Colette. Colette. <laughs> I found it, so I'm fucking saying it, damn it. It's Colette de Montpellier. Yeah, while we're on the topic, let's just fucking cover both of those. Um, this movie gets so many crazy realistic details very right. And then when it comes to killing, I'm like, ah, I don't think so. I don't <laughs> think that happens the way you said it does. I mean, he essentially punches this dude in the stomach and then hits him on the head with his hand. And he's fucking dead. Yeah. Not dying. Eyes open. Not just dies <laughs> dead. I'm like, uh, I guess. You ever watched a UFC fight? I feel like that happens a lot. <laughs> you ever see uh, the Star Wars as die. blows landed to body and head? <laughs> There's a okay. lot, lot more than just one. A <laughs> <laughs> whole lot more. Uh, and then with that woman, uh, dude, he chokes her for, I'm going to go ahead and say two and a half seconds. <laughs> Like a come all over your dick choke or like a death? No, this is definitely, this is a I, I didn't like it choke. <laughs> I am going to have to end this. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll talk about her when we get to her. But he wastes this guy for getting too cute. This guy's trying to shake down the jackal. The jackal Stupid will as not fuck. be shaken down. He will not shake down the jackal. I love how we've made it this Frenchman where he's Me actually too. the most British guy in this I movie. know. <laughs> and it's going to make all the British listeners mad because they're like, eh, we love our jackal. I'm not giving it to you. Hey, pip up cheerio. Time to kill this old bloke. Mm-hmm. But Aww. no, yeah, he, the guy fucking. Look at poor little straight kitty in this movie. Wait, what's that? Poor little straight kitty in the movie. I didn't even know. After he that. locks the guy in the trunk and he's walking back, it like walks over and it like stands up and meows at him as he's walking by. Boy, but, um, what if he just turned around and broke its neck with his thumb and forefinger too? He's <laughs> just like, damn, jackal. He just looks at it and it dies. That's apparently how he works. He's <laughs> the greatest assassin of all time. <laughs> But I gotta say, for the forger, uh, you, for one, you're a, you're a forger. You forge documents illegally. That's your trade. You're already breaking the law. You work with some dangerous people. Did you really think trying to blackmail a professional murderer by yourself was a great idea? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? How stupid are you? Stupid. Stupid. Anyways. Anyway. He but- <laughs> dumps him in a trunk and just leaves. And like you said, the president's saying, listen, there's going to be no alterations. The jackal Nada. search will still be conducted in secret. There'll be no extra security, right? Mm-mm, that's it. And I, I think a part of that, it's definitely political posturing. But de Gaulle doing that was very much uh, in the sense of, I will not cower in the face of them. I will not alter things. I will not let them know that they're even being heard, essentially, the OAS. Like, mm-hmm. they're terrorists. We're not going to fucking alter our lives for them. But, but the reality of the French authorities at this point is they're going, well, we got nothing on this guy. We we need a name because yeah. then we can get a passport, we can get a face, and we can make it a fucking rest, okay? <laughs> got to get somewhere. By the way, let's get Claude LaBelle in this shit. So they send a car for Claude. He's briefed. He gets full powers on the investigation. No publicity. Find the jackal. It's a very brief briefing. Fuck. It's a very quick briefing. And he's True. told yeah. by Bertier he will have a briefing every day. This will be his top priority. No other cases. This is it. Work flat out until you find the jackal. And he's like, well, I need young Karan to help me. He's like, fine. And they talk <laughs> about, and, and Claude's like breaking it down. We're going to fucking live here. I want a cot, coffee, Lots telephones. Of coffee, he says. We're, we're going to live here. This is our job. And 
That's one of the things I think is really cool about this movie and also super realistic is seeing mm-hmm. the extreme lengths to which everyone takes this threat very seriously because there have been obvious demonstrations of the OSA's willingness to attempt to kill De Gaulle. And they are right. not just like, that's why, that, that's, this is where, outside of him punching people to death with one shot to the belly, <laughs> the, movie's, the movie shines in realism when it comes to this stuff. Like everyone in this room taking this very seriously and Claude taking it very seriously. Yeah. And by yeah. the way, and- young Karan is fucking Gracchus from, from uh, Gladiator. He's the guy who's oh. like, Rome is the mob. That guy. Oh, shit. Yeah, he looks so familiar. I, I, I confused him. Uh, who did I confuse him with? No, 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 I didn't. I was like, who is that guy? I was trying to look him up. And then I was Dennis like, oh, Kirk. shit, that's the guy from Gladiator. Damn. He's the senator guy. Rome is the mob. Who's <laughs> yeah. that guy? Good for him. And, and you know, I know we've talked about him a good bit on, on the Munich podcast, but yeah. Michael Lonsdale... He's, he's great, huh? Solid man. He's really good in this. Uh, and awesome. he, he just looks cool. He has. He's one of these guys, and I, I feel like he was a perfect casting choice for this because there is no real. We don't get to see his character, who he is, and what he cares about behind this. We don't spend enough time with him. The story's not about him, but he's that kind of actor where you kind of just get the sense that there's a lot behind him. Like that, you you can kind of get the sense he's thinking about a lot. Like he just there's one of those actors who's so fucking good. Like he kind of wears his concerns on his face, and you can kind of see there's a lot seething behind there that we don't have time to get into. Like he just feels real, man. I like your style. Fucking, he's good shit. He is. He's awesome. No question. I like his. And you know what? I like that strong, sturdy mustache. Good for him. Yeah, he's just a he's just a kicker. He, he's he's great in this movie. He comes in and he's just a super professional. Nothing emotional about it. He's gonna he's gonna run this shit the way he's gonna run it, and uh, that's it. Like we're he's he's gonna do his thing, and he's awesome, and he has the full confidence of the the minister. Is it? Mm-hmm. And he has to give a progress report every single morning. That's right. That's that's intense alone. Like, but not only do all this investigating work, have a fuck round it all up and and summarize it and present it the next day every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Yikes. that's when he's like, "Cool, so put a bed in this office." <laughs> so you're not going to sleep, but if you need to pass out from exhaustion, there's a bed, there's yep. a cot for you. Yep. Jesus. And uh, meanwhile, oh, also, can we? Uh, I want to settle something once and for all. Go. The most French name, Pierre or Claude? Oof. Claude's the Frenchman. I want to know. I, I, Fucking one hundred percent agree. Right, I, literally say, I, I don't like, want Claude's him. the guy. I'm like, I like you, Claude. Claude, Claude is like, you know, he can scrap. He's he's kind of yes. kind of swarthy. Yeah. He's like a swarthy he, Frenchie. He wears yeah. the big like thick horizontal stripe, you know, white t shirts, and he like stubs out his cigarette. He's like, eh, I did this time for a scrap. And he, he just puts moved, out his cigarette, and goes outside. He moves to New York and fucks everyone. <laughs> Men, women, fucking everyone. Like, he bang like. You look at him, he's kind of skinny and like he almost has a bit of an odiferous way about him. And he's just <laughs> crushing ass in his like New York apartment. That's what he does. Exactly. He's somehow friends with David Bowie and you're like, how the fuck? What? Just randomly has him? pictures yeah. of him on like his old social media posts. <laughs> and he just slays ass all day. That's Claude. Yep. That like you look Claude. at him and you're like, ugh. But then he kind of charms you. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> so French, by the way. Couldn't be more French. So French. Yep. Pierre's like, doesn't like you. He, he, yeah. You know what I mean? He's like- He's the kind of shifty Nose up in the air, like, fuck you, I will not help you pick out on the menu. He's like one of those men, like guys with the menus, and you're like, 
what is this? And he just rolls his fucking arrogant cunt eyes at you. And he's like, he's like oddly rude and shitty to women in a weird way where he like tosses shit over his shoulder at him. He's just like, pfft, he's just like dismissive of everyone. You're like, mm-hmm. ah, fucking Pierre. Yeah. Fuck he's a piece of shit. You know what Pierre does? Pierre tries to warn the girl about Claude. <laughs> he's so that guy. He's like, he's I don't understand what you see in there. He is, he's no good. He has trouble. And Claude's like, I will take you back to my hotel room and uh, I will make sweet life for you until all morning at the hour. And we do it every time, every way, every different position. Don't (laughs) listen to Pierre. He is, uh, how do you say, faggot? How do you say in American? Uh, he likes uh, to put his uh, penis, uh, put it in the different places. He's a, he's a squirmy little shit. I don't like him. Uh, yeah, I am Claude, a good lover. Yeah, I will punch him once in the stomach and he will die. <laughs> <laughs> and after I do it, I will say pip pip cheerio. Mm. <laughs> Claude and Pierre. There we go. Claude and Pierre. The story of Claude and Pierre. Beep, boop, ba-doop. Oh, you need an accordion for that fucking show. <laughs> 100%. You need a French accordion for that. And you got to say, even though we love him, he's our boy. Claude's the one playing the, the accordion. Claude plays the accordion. He 100% plays the accordion. And while he's playing with the accordion, he has a long cigarette in his mouth, and the ash is like way too long on it. <laughs> You're like, how is it even staying there? It's just a filter with (laughs) fucking eight inches of ash. Pants, a little too short, big bulge Mm -hmm. right where his dick is. Sans culottes. Big bulge where the dick is. Big heaving bulge that kind of moves like it's breathing. And he's probably wearing, you know, he's probably wearing like one of those Johnny Depp vests and no shirt. (laughs) And just like 16 (laughs) necklaces. That just rattle across every fucking dime piece he bangs, like just just rakes him across their breasts as he's banging them all in his New York apartment. <laughs> and he's got those like you know really thin blue like thin line tattoos that were obviously done by just some dude in a kitchen. Fuck yeah, he doesn't give a shit. He can cook. He feeds all the stray cats. Has a moped, <laughs> exactly. but makes it awesome. <laughs> right. <laughs> Somehow extremely well read. You're like, holy fuck, what can this guy not do? <laughs> Huge dick, fighter like a motherfucker, and he I fucking knows WB Yates poem, poems by memory. <laughs> I prefer the continental philosophers. Jesus Christ, Claude. <laughs> Claude, fuck, I want to fuck you. <laughs> Claude, don't go to this party. I need a, I'm fucking trying here. <laughs> we need a chance. I have no accent. Give me a chance. Jesus Christ, Claude. He gets to the party, Pierce warning all the girls, oh, here he is. They, he stops talking. Claude knows he was talking about him. I don't know. That, that just, this whole random ass tangent, uh, which is about to get even further, uh, just reminded me of this time. I don't know why this jumped into my head thinking about accents, but where I, I bumped, it was actually on my way out to Portland when I was driving out here across the country uh, in, in Denver. I remember while we were out at some random bar, we bumped into two German guys. Super nice, super fun, had a blast with them, like hung out and went to a couple more bars together. One was way more like charming and outgoing. The other one was a little more withdrawn, kind of like shy. And we kind of, and his English was a little worse too. So we were trying to communicate with him and we finally got it out of him. That one thing he was nervous about, he was like, essentially like, I, I'm nervous to talk to American women. Like, I kind of know how to approach them and talk to them. And we're like, well, why? Why do you feel like they're any different from anyone else? And he's like, well, I, I feel like they're just going to like, not like 
my accent and make fun of it. Like, I have a foreign accent. Yeah, I was okay. like, dude, you have that 100% backwards. I was like, you, that is an asset to you right now. <laughs> and he was like, are you sure? And we we're like, dude, yes. Like, you have a foreign accent? Good on you. You're going to do better than we will. You're fine. You're fine. It's funny, uh, man. It was just so funny that I was like, you think your accent's a problem? No. <laughs> good. Hey, got good news for you. <laughs> it's going to be fine. Going to be fine. Silly. Pierre, Pierre has a poodle, by the way. Oh, uh, absolutely. He has a poodle. And not even like a cool, like no. big standard one. Like no. a real toy, tiny. Toy dog. Like, oh, yeah. With like, it, it, he, has, <laughs> he has a fucking hair appointments for it every two weeks. His poodle like, wears Jesus. a beret. Ah, so French. Yeah, <laughs> the most stereotypical French shit ever. So stupid. It's like you know, it'd be like listening to a movie podcast with two French guys, and they're like, and they fucking put the hamburgers on their heads, and they, you know, like <laughs> shove footballs have, up their asses, and everybody's got tin guns strapped to them all the time. They got the AR-15 and the hamburger on top of the AR-15. <laughs> like that doesn't even make sense. Time to go shoot up at school for fun. They say bang, bang, bang. Stupid Americans. <laughs> I'd listen to that. I would listen to it too. <laughs> I want to hear Frenchies make fun of us. Come on. They put out their black people in sports. Uh, well, you're right of, that's actually not a stereotype. You're right about that. <laughs> oh, fuck. Any bullshit they think. Anyway. Beautiful. So, um... After our Claude Pierre tangent, I think we have to get to Denise doing her seducing. Denise. I mean, she is, to her credit, she works fast, man. Like, not just like, oh, she's slept with him. Like, she's in his place, and he's like, oh, sorry for being late, darling. I'm like, wow, wow, you've got in quick. You are a charming-ass woman. Yeah, well, dude, he comes home, and she's wearing that see-through shit. (laughs) Everything's sheer. The sheer. He's like, uh, oh, yes. Oh, I can see all of your womanly figure. Pounds him out with that power bush. And uh, <laughs> when he nods off to sleep, she uh, she phones it in. Dude, I love her. She's like, there was a crisis. What crisis? Oh, never mind. Smooch, smooch, smooch on your chest. What crisis? <laughs> 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 Just does that every time. And he's like, oh, it's nothing. Oh, oh, oh actually, well, it was a jackal who's trying to kill the president. Too funny. Oh, it's so good. And, uh, well, they found out about Jackal, uh, Claude's investigation, and uh, 10 years, only four contract killers in France, three are incarcerated, the fourth is serving time in Africa somewhere. Uh, one man must be abroad. Surely he has come into someone's attention somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's from somewhere else. And then we even talked about, we well, we didn't talk about, we heard about uh, the OAS earlier in the movie talking about how they need somebody outside of France. We need a foreigner. They're going to they're gonna finger the uh, a French person way too quick. Like, they're going to be on to that. Yep. Uh, let's talk about the jackal. He buys some fruit, and then he goes and sights in his rifle. Pretty cool. Dude, this is fucking cool. I, I really enjoyed it. Because this is, this is another one of those moments. Okay, like, this is a perfect example of a scene that does go on longer than a typical scene in, in, in other movies for the person, you know, the, the killer, the professional sighting in his weapon. But I think it works. It I matters. think it's solid. It matters. And like just seeing this framed up the exact same way that it's going to be at the end of the movie and, and him meticulously adjusting his sight multiple times. Like most movies, you see him adjust it once, he misses. He adjusts again, bullseye, cut to next scene. And like I like that we see him really taking the time. He's hanging up the fucking watermelon. He's walking back to his place. He's measuring things out. He's adjusting it so thoroughly. It's just fucking cool. 
Yeah. And that shit where he has the he ties the rope around the tree, shoves his gun through that, Pretty and cool, twists huh? it through to help it. St- I was like, that is a method of stabilizing I've never seen. That's awesome. And, and the dude pulled it off in like a way that made you think, like, okay, like he's done it before, or he practiced a lot for the movie at the minimum. He just oh, does yeah. it so kind of matter of factly. Exactly. Do you know that Edward Fox is still alive? The Jack Lone guy? Yeah. Hmm. I watched an interview with him from like a year ago. That's awesome. And dude, I gotta say, to credit to him too, he is the most swaggered out fucking handsome devil of an old man. Like he fucking does it, right? He was in like a three-piece suit, slick back hair and a good beard. I was like, damn, I wanna look like Everett Fox when I'm 80 something. That's funny. It's cool. But also the other the other establishing thing about the scene I I like how it ends is when he's sighting his rifle, he's just doing it with regular cartridges. And then when he tests the shot, once he's got it sighted in the right way, he tests with one of the mercury shells, the exploding shells that he's going to use uh, on De Gaulle. And that the entire watermelon is just obliterated. Yep. Which I think is cool. All right. Uh, where to now, Mr. Anderson? Boy, oh boy, where are we? I, mean, I think this is when the, they start talking. This is where we the, get a lot of Inspector Thomas stuff that I kind of like. These are the scenes I don't care about. Yeah, I, and honestly, I found this stuff the, the most confusing because I was like, this is a time where I'm like, this character could have been reduced to phone calls between him and, and Claude only. Yep. I'm like, we don't, how much of, of him on his side of the, you know, the river do we need to see? We don't. Like, exactly. And this is, yeah, and this is one of those times where Dude, I'm like, you know what's funny? Sh- this is right yeah. where I closed my laptop. That's funny. Yeah. Because I'm I looking at my notes end right here. And it's just like, I'm like, this is, come on, man. Like, I don't need Inspector Thomas's bullshit, all this crap. What makes you think it might be him? We're going to fucking, like, pontificate over here? Like, shut up. And, like, Jack, his friend's in Shackout and doing all this bullshit. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. like, it's fine. And that that turns out to be totally wrong, too. And they uh, they keep going. Now they get mm -hmm. on the the, the Charles Haltrop tip, whatever his name is. What's that guy's name? Charles Calthrop. Calthrop, like Caltrop. Sort of, but it's spelled like C-A-L-T-H-R-O-P. Which is funny. Is that like a joke? Like, you know, the thing that trips you up? Yeah. (laughs) That's true. I didn't think about that. (laughs) I don't know. We've been thwarted by the Calthrops again. (laughs) It's kind of boring. I don't really care about it. What I do like is this guy, our boy Jackal, with his little steely arms, is sawing the fucking, a piece of the car off that he can hide shit in. What does he hide in the Mm -hmm. car, Matt? I think it's it's the steel uh, assemblage around the gun. Isn't that what he puts in there? Yeah. I, is this for his like disguise? Like this is this is what's cool about the movie. He does things that come up later. They don't immediately yeah. proceed. Like I think that's the aluminum. Is yes. that for well, his? It, it turns out because he asked for aluminum, and oh, I keep saying it like the damn Brits. He asked for aluminum. God damn it! God bless America. Um, <laughs> he asked for the aluminum, and they were in. He when he delivers it to him, he's like, "I had to go with stainless steel because the aluminum was too soft. It crumpled like tissue paper at this like you know density." Yeah. Um, and so they're steel, but he's that comes back later. You don't realize it until the very end when you see him in that disguise of the fucking crutches and the old man. You're like, oh shit, that's what the steel is for. Because that's that stuff's not part of the rifle. Right, right. Cool. And we, we got the whole red herring shit with the Dominican passport. Sam never came back. Could it have been him? Blah, blah, blah. It, they, they go on and on about this Calthrop shit. They do. They, they go deep on that because they, they feel like, for them, it's just the first name that they feel like they can you know get their hands around and be like, all right, maybe we can investigate this person and figure out who they are. But it, it goes nowhere. Correct. It, it, it confused me to where I said, I don't care about this. 
<laughs> yeah. And this is when they're like, well, British found the, 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 the thing in the flat, his passport. And they're like, oh. Okay. I, dude, that scene I love because I love how they're like, ah, see, we got his passport. And he's like, um, yeah, you got his passport. So obviously he's not traveling. <laughs> like, I love how they're all standing there like, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, shit, we're dumb. <laughs> like, yeah, he's fucking traveling internationally. He would have needed this. So obviously this isn't your guy. Yeah. I like this. I'm beginning to get a feeling about the jackal, though, when he says he may be abroad traveling on a false, false passport, right? What you've got to do is go into town, go to the passport office, get a list of every passport application in the last three months. But, sir, I don't care who's closed. Wake the buggers up, right? (laughs) Then take all those papers down to Somerset House. Get started on checking the applicants' names against death certificates. That's the best move this cat does. Oh, yeah. If you find a passport application filed by someone who died as a child, then Mm -hmm. you know we're starting to close in on it, right? That could be our guy. So good. Go keep going back until you find them. Go back three months, then go back another three months, then go back another three months, just keep going back. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. It's fucking thorough. Again, it's that like thorough, not cool, not fun spy work, just the the thorough work of real life Mm -hmm. shit. We're just going to have to dig through names, (laughs) databases of names, basically. Yeah. They they end up with like 8,000 applicants or something. (laughs) (laughs) Then they're checking them against whatever and it's because of holiday season so yep all these damn foreigners <laughs> damn foreigners in our country yes but let, let's keep pretending the Americans are the real racist that's my guy <laughs> my guy <laughs> he sees the light motherfuckers well you know what happened we tear America tearfully looked back at Europe and said I learned it from watching you come on don't quit on me now bitch Every swinging dick wants to come to fucking America, but we suck balls apparently. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> fucking stupid people. Um so yeah, uh he they um they start closing in on uh Doug Duggan, Paul Oliver Duggan, right? Applied for a passport so. July 14th of this year. Oh, and by the way, uh the pace passport was mailed to an address in Paddington. And um That'll probably be uh, an accommodation address. Why? Well, because Duggan died at the age of two and a half. <laughs> and they're like, oh, fuck. So now we know the Duggan ID is compromised. That's it. And our guy's so just are. cruising around, handing over passports, and he hands the Duggan passport. Um, which is he going? He's going back into France, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. he's going back into France. Passport, please. So what are you doing here? Tourism. Okay. And they let him in. But they check it. The guy comes out, asks him a couple of questions, and kind of that's it. And they search his stuff, but they don't find anything suspicious there because all of his suspicious shit he <laughs> cleverly put under the car. Also, it's super racist that they would make these guys travel in their country legally with paperwork. It's crazy. Wait, what I mean, do you mean? It's super racist that France would make these people have documentation, like to just kind of stroll into their country, you know? Right, just to like, just come on through. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy they don't just let them in, you know, with no paperwork, no documentation. <laughs> they must be very, very racist. Um, but no, they check his paperwork and they go, all right, he's good. <laughs> <laughs> Getting his digs. Getting his digs uh, in. Fucking people. But uh, Our most <laughs> European movie yet. <laughs> it's crazy that this beautiful white man has to give paperwork but you know what you <laughs> I mean look at him <laughs> look at me chap somewhere uh, somewhere a dead Hitler's like he's perfect 
<lacht> ist mein Wann? Oh, hier war so ein Tag. English Big Dog. <lacht> 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 Yeah, basically. But um, they bring him inside. They search his bag. Awesome. Uh, uh, did you catch this moment? Which All one? the everybody that they are, whose luggage they're searching, every one of them, Matt. What do you see? Mm-hmm. They all have in common. Ooh, let me go back and look for that because I didn't catch it the first time. Is it? Is it the fair hair? They all look fair hair, don't they? Yeah, that must be a detail because you know that's the other interesting thing about. Yeah, fuck, you are totally every right. one they're of a them. bunch of. Tall, fair-haired white boys. Yep, <laughs> that's it. Which means um, there's a there, you know, there's a there's a, a bolo out there, basically, right? Be on the lookout. Mm-hmm. And you know what's interesting about that is that this investigation is still highly secret. It's right. essentially top secret. Um, so this is one of the very few details that they have let out for, I guess, like customs and security, you know, border security to know about. Of like, all right, we are still on high alert for this description. Mm-hmm. Not as to why, not what this person's supposedly up to, but you need to stop these people and, and search them. Yep, yep. And we learned there's a couple million, I mean, a couple million tourists in Paris right now. Hooray. Yep, yep, crazy. We learn about Paul Oliver Duggan, passport number 29491. Yes, we're tracking him down. The photo will reach us in a few hours. What do we know? And uh, Claude's breaking it down. He's like, look, this was issued on the 30th. No need to go back further than that. He's pretty confident that special branch in Britain is trying to trace him through the passenger list in all airlines and all cross-channel ferries. If they pick him up in Britain, they'll detain him. If we locate him inside France, we will arrest him. Beautiful. A third country? But, well, Action Service will take care of that. Those boys got that shit on lockdown. <laughs> and interestingly here, uh, the Jackal gets his little tidbit on basically the progress of the investigation out to get him. You know, the from uh, Denise gets all the way back to I think Rodin, and he calls the jackal like we basically the only way that he can have direct contact with the jackal. Calls him very briefly, says the jackal's been blown. Mm-hmm. Yep. Action it. division, by the way, is uh, is basically like French, like clandestine, covert black ops guys. Nice, nice. So they're basically like. Yeah, we'll arrest him in France, like, you know, legally. But if he's, like, in Italy, eh, we'll send in the action division. Yeah, we're going to put the boots to him. (laughs) (laughs) No problem. (laughs) Hey, no problem. No problem. But, yeah, (laughs) cover blown, right? Uh, We have caught you, Jacques. Prepare to meet Claude. Yeah. Um, But, like you said, our boy gets a call, our sweet baby boy. And he's like, oh, no, they won't for me. (laughs) And he has that moment where he's like, am I going into Paris or am I going to Italy? What am I going to do here? Mm-hmm. So This is where he decides to eye down a lady. He does. Yeah, he can't does. check into some fucking hotel. Zeroes in on Coletta. Air <laughs> Coletta. And, uh, How would you like to be knackered? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that mean very tired? Tired from... Come on, Dean. Oh, really? See, I heard him. I wasn't... I was listening. I was watching. A, I was watching a soccer match, and they were like, "He's absolutely knackered." Because <laughs> the guy was like <laughs> that really was tired. My jo- that she's going to be tired from all the hot sex, Dean. All right. Okay. Gosh darn it all! Everything's just ruined. I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't help you there, did I? It's just, just fucking. This this movie does make me want to drink Campari, though. I tell you that much. (laughs) More Campari. (laughs) I feel like everybody's drinking like brandy, Campari, cognac. Like, anybody just drink a beer? (laughs) 
I guess none of these people. <laughs> well, wine, dude. It's France, right? That's true. Oh, yeah. Why don't I see any wine drinking in this You do. Movie? This woman is about to drink some, doesn't she? Oh, I can't remember. The hottie bombati. She has coffee Hadi and bon- a cigarette first. Oh, yeah. This guy. There we go. This, this is the easiest seduction I've ever seen. How about you? <laughs> it does go pretty quick. He's a charming man. Yeah. I guess. And she's a super rich lady whose husband's away. <laughs> oh, you're rather bald. Yeah. I guess he crosses his legs, gives her a wink, and he starts <laughs> laying on that charm. <laughs> that is that. She plays a little hard to get. She ain't, she ain't falling for his compliments, right? <laughs> I'm not you a wily man. I'm not a whore. Oh, wait, I might be. <laughs> On the right occasion. <laughs> <laughs> you, I, I'll be your whore. <laughs> um, good night, Mr. Duggan. Also, what's up with the lady just kind of dying? <laughs> just kind of That old dying? French broad just croaks in the chair? I guess so. Did he poison her? Did, I'm not sure. Maybe he I had did. My, I had my doubts because it's a distraction for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, he uses he uses that moment when all the medics run in to, to take a look at the directory and see what And then to lives. home invade Colette, basically. <laughs> basically. How sexy is that, dudes? Hey, I don't so know about you sexy. ladies, but nothing gives me wetter than a dude breaking into my house at night. <laughs> Every girl's fantasy. What's a man with the shoes outside the place while she's asleep? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But what's with the shoes outside the doors of these rooms? What is also, that? Also weird. I don't. Is that That's a French like a, thing? Gotta be. It's gotta be a French thing. I thought Just it was the Japanese people who didn't let you wear the shoes indoors. I don't know. Or who gave it to who? Maybe they gave it to the French. At first, I thought, is she just waking up with him sleep creeping her and just laying with his head in her armpit? But then I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what a weird transition. Oh my God. You're right. You're right. Like, it's it's a a hard cut from him, like, at her door to just being like, nothing like your armpit. Right. He kind of does (laughs) make it look like he literally just snuck in, found her asleep, got naked, and just, like, nuzzled up to her armpit. Like, this is fine. (laughs) This is normal. Yes. Hello. Oh, it's so bizarro world. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I just love the idea of that's what he did. And the next morning, he's like, oh, is it good for you? He's <laughs> like, what? I, wait, what? <laughs> was I that drunk? That's oh, awesome. you certainly were. He just gaslights her into thinking she's fucking drunk as shit. Oh, yes, you were so drunk. Every <laughs> position. <laughs> All of them. You were hanging from the chandelier, actually. <laughs> All three of them. <laughs> Every British position. <laughs> All two of them. You on top, oh, me on top. <laughs> missionary and extra guilty missionary. <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> dare, I wouldn't dare hold your legs up. Oof, that's too much. <laughs> what am I, some savage in the jungle? Feel <laughs> 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 me. Oh. <laughs> this British fuck in 1960. I'm a white American man. I don't American. do it like they do it in the Congo. Dear God. My Have world. some dignity, Colette. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Wow. <sighs> yeah. What am I? You assume I'm like a person from a country with interesting culture? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Well, so fucking rough on our British friends. Sorry, Love pals. Them. It's just fun. God bless them. It's just fun. You're all such good sports about it, too. <laughs> good That's for sure. Sports. That's for sure. But um, he bangs her. Evidently. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing I can say about this bang. Evidently. It happened. But uh, they got a hot tip. Motherfucker turned up at a hotel. 
So mm-hmm. one thing this movie does well is it starts to tighten, tighten the restraints on our man. We start to feel them closing in on him, and he really right. has to flex. I mean, they get out there with the guns. They get they got the fucking rifles, the helmets, right? They're oh, closing yeah. in like a, they're going to go, right? They're going to go. They're about to do some old West shit here. And I, you know, the same way that the Jackal's instincts for, for pursuit and, you know, the way he, he sniffs people out and knows when he's being pursued, uh, those are really sharp. I love how Claude's instincts are equally sharp. For the sure. Like, like Kesson's like, oh, well, so we should go ahead and like call the police up there. And he's like, no, 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 no. Like anybody he intercepts or, or tries to intercept him, he'll kill. Like yep. we got to just spring on him. Exactly. Can't tell anybody. Hell yeah, <sighs> so man. Good. Hell yeah. Claude's the man, as we've discussed. Claude is the man. I think he's my favorite character. He's already departed. He's my favorite character. Claude? Yep. Yeah, no, he's cool. Yep. Michael Lonsdale helps. He's fucking cool. And I love this decision, too, to like everyone who's in the hotel right now, they fucking stay here. Round up all the staff, all the people, anybody who could have seen them, the guests, doesn't matter. You're staying here and you're talking to us. Holy shit. He's the guy in Ronin as well. The guy who has that crazy house, remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So this is the third movie we've done with him. Man, we've got a lot of Michael Lonsdale. That's pretty wild. Michael fucking Lonsdale. Michael fucking Lonsdale, mate. Yeah, Jean-Pierre. 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 Ah, so French. <laughs> is it? Jean-Pierre? Is Did British? you just ask me, is Jean-Pierre French? Oh, I thought you said British. No, I misheard you. So I was like, what? <laughs> I, mean, I thought you were making a joke. I was like, it, it's a bad joke. <laughs> it's like asking me, is John Wayne an American name? I don't know. <laughs> John Williams? Is that... German or something? Belarusian? Or... Is that Moroccan? <laughs> <laughs> I was talking, oh, a quick, quick aside as we're speaking of uh, other, other uh, nationalities and stuff. I met this Russian dude, young guy, he's like 20-something. Um, this is work-related and we're chatting. And he's like, um, he's like, are you from America? He, he goes, let me, let me do his voice. He's like, are you, from, are you from America? I go, yeah. Why did you not think I was? He's like, I'm uh, not too so sure. Uh, he says, I would have guessed uh, mid-Europe. I was like, huh. Okay. I was like, so I'm like, like where in mid-Europe? I, I, didn't, I didn't ask him to elaborate, but I was like, oh, huh, mid-Europe. Okay. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, that's not Eastern Europe. That's not no. Western Europe. Mid-Europe. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, Bulgarian or some shit? <laughs> <laughs> I am like I'm just I'm looking up a map to just stare Bulgari- at Europe like, and try yeah, to imagine Bulgaria what Bulgaria is like Europe. middle of Europe, right? Like I don't I mean, know. Austria is Croatia. I guess mid Switzerland. <laughs> no, I'm definitely gonna look Swiss. No way. Polish. No, they're more blondie. Maybe Croatian. Maybe 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 <laughs> Hungary. Maybe. Ooh, that's my gypsy fantasy. <laughs> You wish you had the Hungarian blood. That is a fact. I do not have Hungarian blood in me. Mid-Europe. Yeah, I don't know what he means by that. I think he's saying I'm a mud person. <laughs> like hey, I just Slovakia, Ukrainian, Hungarian, Romanian, Bulgarian. <laughs> I, no, no, I just said, how do you say you're a lesser? I thought you were a lesser. No, no, he was, he, was, he, was, he was fucking Russian. He was from Moscow. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I would guess uh, mid-Europe is what he said. I was shocked. I've never been, no one's ever, especially from another country, been like, you know, he, like I, one I of our former satellite states. He, he was like kind of shocked I said I was from America. Pretty funny, huh? I've never, no one's ever said that to me before. And I didn't know how That's to take funny. it. 
And he had all manner of Russian about him. Like I couldn't read anything off of him. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> Just stone faced. But he was a cool dude. I liked him. Um, so yeah, side tangent over. Um, so anyway, our boy is, uh, is on the run, man. He is. They find out very quickly here that he uh, had been, you know, talking to and ended up spending the night with Colette de Montpellier. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they decide to go after her, her actual home. Good move. Because that's where he goes. He does. But first things first, Matthew. He goes and gets himself a new license plate. I love these. This is so French. This couple pulls over. They We're go making love they in go Zinecha. 10 feet into the woods to hump. <laughs> 10 feet, dude. They're right there. And this guy's like, oh, I'll so take good. your license plates. I love it. I just, again, the ingenuity, the craft, oh, all, yeah. the, all the things he has to do along the way. It's great. Sneaks makes me wonder off. if, uh, you've seen Ghost Dog, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, I fucking love that movie. That makes movie, me wonder if that, that, that movie awesome. was a little homage to this where he like, switches out the people's license plate at, oh, at yeah. a park. I'm like that. This one made me think. I was like, "Oh, this is some ghost dog shit." Damn, I want to watch that again, dude. I oh, we got put that on the list. Put I fucking list. love Ghost Dog. Yeah, it's a kick-ass movie. I was obsessed with that movie for a while. But um, anyways, dude, yeah, he steals the license plates and he fucking has a paint gun ready to go. That is some pr- badass preparation. You're like, yeah, I'm gonna have to repaint my car. Yeah, get this fucking thing ready. That's he so attaches killer. it to his fucking car battery and that's, paints his car. That's awesome. He's awesome. wiry, man. He's fucking wiry. He's yeah. He's fucking cut in this movie. Wired up, wiry Edward Fox. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, like you said, they are uh, they they go to see the uh, the lady, the lady of the uh, the chateau. Um, she's like, well, we met in the lounge of the hotel. Uh, he joined me for coffee. Um, I love dude. She is dude. She so- tries to play it off. She's so polite, where he's like, what happened afterward, after you were done with your coffee? And she's like, what do you mean afterward? <laughs> he's like, don't make me pry, you know? And she's like, well, we're not children, you know? <laughs> yeah. I like how she gets up and moves away it. from him, too. Yeah. She's it's like, really fuck cool. you, with your rude ass coming in here asking who I bone. Yep. Damn um, cops. Mother of national security, uh, malady, I apologize. A thousand times to you. <laughs> a thousand of my apologies, but I must know how you screw. I must know. <laughs> I'm going to pull out my sketchbook, and I want you to describe it for me slowly. <laughs> and with very sexy words. Um, okay. Sure. I will transfer this to oil later. Also, uh, our boy has a death wish, because he's working under a car twice in this movie on a jack. You're asking to die. <laughs> yeah, just one fucking Look, floppy just ass, Google, ass Just jack. Google jack deaths. Guys who go under cars on jacks give me anxiety. Yikes. Yeah, no fucking way. No fucking way. No fucking way. Like the slightest incline to cars just fucking tip right off that shit. Also, Ugh. how do people drive in France? Uh, like maniacs, evidently. Apparently like maniacs. Because <laughs> that dude, guy is in the middle around. of the road. He's in the middle of the road, driving way too fast. Fucking so fast. They're idiots. I wish they both would have kind of died. And I mean, shit. To be honest, the the crash that we see, whatever the real-life stunt driver did oh, yeah. in the fucking blue car, I'm like, ah, if you were not wearing a helmet and a really good seatbelt, you are not just walking away from that. Yeah. That shit was fucking fast. Pretty slick, man. But damn. Yeah. Doesn't And he steals this dude's car, doesn't he? Uh, well, he steals 
Um, I can't remember what he steals. He steals something. Yeah, this is where it gets a little a little fuzzy for me. Um, I think it's the car because I'm pretty he sure he left his car. He left his car behind. I'm pretty sure he took that guy's car, and then he's gonna pop the plates on it and stuff. Yeah, because yeah, he's, yeah, he's, no, he, he, he took his car. Yeah, he took that guy's car. Um, and he goes back to here. I love the blue mark on his car, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Unmistakable blue scratch. And she's like, oh my God, I'm going to rush down. This is crazy. What's going on? Oh, he's a wanted man. Oh, he's so desperately sexy. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought a guy with a neckerchief could be so hot? <laughs> that neckerchief is rough. Yeah, it's rough. But uh, they bang again. More nipple action. <laughs> Indeed. Big, big old beautiful nips. And um, he's sitting there smoking, and they're just kind of chit-chatting. Indeed. And this is when she talks about the cops coming oh, by. Oh, boy. Shouldn't have said nothing. This poor, innocent, rich lady. It's the lamest choke I've ever seen. There's no struggle. There's, it's, it's the bit, it stuck out so weirdly in this movie, because every there are so many other very realistic aspects of this movie, and this was just like, that's, silly like that's outright silly silly, it's the way it goes it's jarringly silly it's nothing i mean he like they start to kiss he rolls over he just literally just slides places his hand up against her throat and two seconds later she's dead Mm -hmm. she's dead gone dead like (laughs) and then he dresses up as and he steals her car and he's out of there done I, lo- I, I love the goodbye, uh, Duggan. He throws a suitcase over. It's fucking awesome. Ruthless. Yeah. Uh, after changing his hair. He, you know what he looks like right here, too, when he's on the bridge? Hmm. Fucking evil Clark Kent. Dude, I've been thinking the whole time that this guy is the British Christopher Reeve. He fucking is, dude. He, he is. looks like evil Kent. Yep. Wicked. That's such a, I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> he really does. Like he has the same, you know what it is? It's the, his brow. He has the same brow as Christopher Reeve. Can I tell you why I didn't say it earlier? <laughs> why? Because I'm so dumb. I was thinking George Reeve. <laughs> <laughs> right? Which is the original black and white Superman. And I didn't yeah. want to say it because I was like, that's so dumb. I couldn't remember Superman's name. I was just thinking George Reeves. George Reeve, George Reeve, not George Reeve, but it's George Reeve. Yeah, it's Christopher uh, Reeve, it, not George Reeves, which is fucking hilarious about the, the Superman story in cinema and <laughs> television. <laughs> oh my God. You know he, I mean? He's definitely skinnier, but he does have the George. I mean, uh, wow, it almost got me on it. Christopher Reeve, look. See, I fucked you up. You fucked me up. You stuck that seed in my brain. I did. I did. I did. I did. I did. Yeah. George Reeves, not to be confused with Christopher Reeve. Yeah. I mean, what are the chances? Both Superman? Oh, Horrible Fates, you mean? Yeah, but both Superman. Well, that's true. Yeah, the Reeves. Mm. No, one's Reeve, one's Reeves. Oh, true. Did Reeve shoot himself? I, I I can't remember if he was murdered or he shot himself. I, I think there's actually, it's kind of in question. I remember there's that movie where Ben Affleck plays him, and it's like going into the whole story of his, his death. Yeah. yeah, I think it was like kind of up for debate. They were like Benefleck, sure. Benefleck, Benefleck. Mm. Dude, we didn't even talk about the fact that uh, we didn't talk on Good Time about Robert Pattinson being Batman. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Whatever who cares. <laughs> but uh, I like I like this disguise. This is my favorite disguise of his. Dude, Pat Lundquist. <laughs> I love how dorky he is. I know. A single ticket to Paris, please. I'm just a school teacher. Like, God, this guy thinks so lowly of school teachers. I love this. Yeah, I love this. Whole, exactly. I love this whole thing. Him, him, him 
traveling here, getting into the country, no problem. And then he hits up the gay bar. He sure does. And again, what is so cool about this, obviously it's Edward Fox being a good actor, but the Jackal, the character himself, is a good actor because he mm-hmm. changes his mannerisms, the way he care, even like his facial expression, his mouth is always kind of pursed back when he's this guy and he just moves differently. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't look like Duggan, you know, the no. Jackal before this. No, he, he really doesn't. doesn't. He's good. He's, he's a good cool. actor. Really and cool. um, also... I like how this becomes public now because now we're dealing with murder. So they're like, fuck secrecy. Like this yeah. woman's been killed. We're now in a manhunt. That's it. Make Pretty. it public. Post this picture up. Very cool. Now that they have the information, they've been closing in on a man. Closing in. And uh, it's, it's hell's bells. Cars, you know, uh, police driving around, sirens, chaos. And he's like, I'm going to hit up the Schwitz. Mm-hmm. And I guess, again, at first I remember being kind of confused again, like, wait, why did he go here? And I guess it's because he can't use hotels at this point, right? He's like, I'm going to have to seduce somebody and get in their place. Right? I, I think Am I wrong? so. I think so. Yeah. Because he knows they got the hotels, like, under surveillance. Exactly. And, and they like, say as much in the next scene, where, like all the guys, birthday of St. Clair, and all those guys are talking about it. Right. Also, in that in that case... Pretty smart move to go try and find a gay dude because it's like you've already kind of set up that he, he they know that he used a woman to get into her place and, sure. and have somewhere to be. It's like now you're you're throwing them off that pattern as well. Yep, kind of fucking smart. Yep, and uh, you know throw a rock in the air and uh, switch. You might find a gay dude. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he does. He's this guy, and he he picks up on it right away. He zeroes in on him, and you know this guy's pretty forward. Like, oh, come to my home. Mm, yes. How about we go have a drink? Mm, yeah, I'll smoke each other's pounds, shall we? <laughs> but uh, go. but uh, we go back to uh, the investigation, which is they're discussing it. You know, he's been in London. The chances are that he stole it in one of two places, right? Indeed. Yeah. Danish passport. Absolutely. And uh, that's when they think, okay, we should probably... And, and I love how they're not fooled by this, this whole thing. They're like, oh, who did you let in? Who, who did you let in? Who, who, let, who did you let get past you? Okay, right. we need to look into that guy. Because now <laughs> we, have, we have to take off the table the person is who they say they are at face value. That's off the table. Now we investigate everybody. Everybody right. who crosses whatever they're not supposed to cross is now the target of our investigation. We're not going to be misled by the incorrect name or what have you. Indeed, yeah. Now they all go. You, you, you pick them all up. That's it. Every damn Danish school teacher, get them all. Everybody find Put them in a truck. <laughs> uh, you don't want to hear that in Europe. Oh boy, don't want to hear that in Europe. <laughs> Never good. Roland Quist of Copenhagen, age 33, 5'10", chestnut brown hair, blue eyes. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the one. Yeah. But um, they, uh, they, this is where we learn about the intelligence leak as well. Ooh, yes. They know he's a Danish school teacher. They're visiting every hotel in Paris. This is pretty cool. Oh, and yeah. uh, the contact was arrested an hour ago. Unfortunately, information came from this room. And uh, St. Clair just sort of owns up to it. Yeah. He just I love that. He just up. stands up and owns to it, realizes, like, yep, I. That came and me. he's honest. He's like, I was seeing a woman, and you know, I had no idea. And, and no one's like, I must him. He's a traitor. They're like, Oh well, you fucked up. Like, uh, you fucked up. And dude, my, my probably my single favorite Claude moment, except for when he's you know running up the stairs at the end. Sure, uh, is when they're like, Oh, oh, no, last question. How did you know which line to tap? And he's like, I wasn't sure, so dude, I tapped them all. Awesome. And they're like, 
fuck you, bitch. Like they, they gave him that power too. They gave him that authority. They were essentially like, you are the beneath President de Gaulle. You are now the most powerful person in France temporarily because we're giving you as much right. resources and command over resources as you could possibly need. And I love how he reveals like, oh yeah, I tapped all of your fucking phones. You said you gave me those resources. I fucking used them. Yeah, they didn't seem too thrilled. They all shifted a little, like Ew. a little bit. <laughs> He's like, "Oh, don't worry, I'm not going to talk about your numerous mistresses, all of you, you pieces of shit." Too funny. <laughs> and then, um, you know, he gets back to this guy's house, and they're chit chatting, and um, and then, of course, our our jackal is forced to kill this man. I like the kind of off camera kill. I do actually like this one. Dude, this is yeah, this is really well shot and so fucking ah, it's so sad. Like I know. This poor fucking dude comes over and like them hearing the same news at the same time and him turning around to just fucking the jackal just staring him down. You're like, oh God, you're fucked. Bad day. Bad fuck. Turns day. the TV off too. What a creep. Oh, such a creep. He was gonna make fucking lobster for him too. Damn. Mm, he dropped that lobster on the floor. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> Better than going into boiling water, I guess. But, um... <laughs> I just like the subplot idea of the jackal, of, like, the lobster being like, Freedom! <laughs> I can make it! <laughs> Finally, thank you, Sir Jackal. Hell, lobster. But uh, this last sort of 18 minutes of this movie, dude, is is the entire setup. This This whole thing, which is really cool is the parade and all the, like, they really didn't fuck around with the parade, did they? No, sir. I'm pretty sure this was all real Liberation Day parade. No no question. Because you know how you can tell? Watch Mm. the men march. True. They're legit as fuck. Dude, seriously. You know when it's a bunch of phony fucks marching? They're all fucked up looking. These guys are lockstep. Oh, yeah. And Uh, yeah, I won. Little white things on their boots there. Right. One of my there are two facts about this that I, I loved. Um, one is that the guy I, I again don't have his name right in front of me, but the guy who actually does play uh, Charles de Gaulle, uh, his name is Adrian Kayla Lagrand, mm-hmm. so French. Um, he is evidently like the spitting image of de Gaulle. Like it's hard to tell from this movie because you see him mostly at a distance, but he is shockingly similar to him. Uh, even I think almost the exact same height. Uh, and when he came out for this for the scene where he's actually like stepping up, up to the monument. I think when they go through like the Champ de Lis, oh, I'm saying that's so bad. Uh, but when he comes out and you know salutes it and everything, evidently there were some extras and like one one extra who was a soldier who'd served under De Gaulle like fainted at the sight of him. That was like oh my, because he was already dead by the time sure. they were shooting this. Sure. And they were just like oh my god, it's De Gaulle. He's returned. Um, but then the other fun thing is that most of the people, most of the extras in the crowd out there did not know that a movie was being shot at all. So when they were grabbing guys and like, you know, Claude's chasing people and guys are pulling people out of the crowd to arrest them, the crowd thought they were actual criminals and tried to help these guys who they thought were actual no police. Shit. They were like, oh, something's going on. We got to fucking jump in. That's scary, man. You got to be careful. Right. As the extra, you're like, no, 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 just make them up. <laughs> Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, you can tell in the marching, you definitely a real parade, right? Oh, yeah, it's massive, too. I mean, it's just gigantic. What do you think of old fucking one-leg jackal over here? Dude, this wily motherfucker. <laughs> when I love when, you know, because we, this is another very long sequence, but it's all about the tension. It's all about building up the, sure. wow, he could be anywhere. There are so many people out here. That it's a massive demonstration. You, you have to make this one right, though. Like, you, I don't, you, if do. you, can, yeah. you can trim this movie in a lot of ways. I think you let this sort of play out. 
let it kind of breathe. Yeah. Cause I mean, I've, it goes on for so long, but this is another time where I think the gamble of really letting things play out for, for at long length kind of works because it lets you kind of like Claude have to fight to keep your, 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 your vigilance up of like, mm-hmm. where is he? Where could he be? And, and like, it takes a long time. You almost start to, you you almost find yourself looking through the crowd and being like, I still don't see him anywhere. Right. Just like Claude would be having to walk these grounds all the time. And there's just no sign of him. But when the camera fucking cuts over to that dude in the crutches and you see him getting closer and closer and you, as he comes into the center focus, you're like, Oh shit, that's our boy. Yep. That's our dirty, naughty, bad boy. Yep. That's where the, uh, the aluminium came from for those crutches. Indeed. That he was hiding in the car chassis. That's ah, so good. And, and uh, he must have eaten his cordite. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> he still looks pretty pretty fine. Like his, Pretty spry. And, uh, you know, he shows him his, his final, his final ID that we don't think has been compromised at this point. Indeed. And uh, he karate chops this lady on the back of the neck. Good consistency because this- it's the same lady. <laughs> And dude, also this poor Bow. little old French lady. God damn, she's like the nicest person ever, too. Yeah. He, oh, I'm just another old man. Can I, may I have a glass of water? And she's like, Oh, certainly. Come on into my home where I'm just vulnerable, <laughs> open to any attack from anyone. Just smiling and kind. I love, I love the like pins and needles in the leg. Oh yeah, so really, like, realistic. Squish them out. He's just like, Oh fuck, that must kill. Because his leg knows how long he's had that up. Exactly. Hours. But he gets himself to his little, uh, his, (laughs) he gets himself to his little, uh, Oswald spot here. Mm hmm. And again, another time where we, you know, there are two, maybe three shots of him going up the stairs, taking all this time, traversing this place. Uh, and I, I think this is another way the movie is a long pace, but it also shows so much of the, the area they're at that you have a very clear sense of the space and mm-hmm. the distance that it would take to, to travel it. And that adds to the realism because we know once Claude realizes where he is, we know how long it's going to take for him to get there. Sure. And so when you see De Gaulle's head in the sights of his rifle and, and uh, Claude and the police officer are just opening the front door of the place, you're like, he's fucked. They're yeah. not going to reach him in time. Yeah. I tell you, that's, that's a tough cool. shot with that short barrel, low caliber weapon. Yeah, man. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, it's, it's like he was it, talking about four hundred feet. I'm like that. I mean, it's still probably somewhat close to that range, but it looks a little further to me. Mm. By the way, the guys and you know it's not actors. Those guys on the roof with binoculars. That's badass. Oh yeah, they are everywhere. Too. Fucking soldiers so looking many of them everywhere. How the fuck was he ever going to get out of here? Even if he didn't get caught, I don't know. I'm like, damn, that's a tough... Because, I mean, they're going to be looking through the windows so quick. They would be staring through every window for <laughs> fucking blocks. Yeah. Charles de Gaulle is 6'5", by the way. Yeah, he's a big old boy. Fucking giant. Towered over every... When you see pictures of him standing next to, like, Roosevelt and Churchill, it's hilarious. I mean, he's <laughs> so much bigger than them. That's funny. But, yeah, that first shot, he bends and misses. They're rushing up the stairs. This is really cool. This is fucking And nobody excellent. makes a peep. They're just like, pink that miss. Nobody hears it. Yeah. Nobody, and that is so realistic, so realistic that it yeah. just clipped a little piece of pavement, and most people don't even notice. There's brass music playing; people aren't going to hear that shit. Yeah, especially on a silenced gun. 
But, but also, um, how I love the choice that we do not hear Claude talking to the police officer. He just talks to one of the police that that guard, and he's like, obviously asking, "Has anyone moved through the line?" And he's mm-hmm. like, "Well, yeah, there was an old man who went up to this building. He lived right there." And he, you can tell, or Claude's like, "What?" And that's, that's my it. point. Old man doesn't matter, right? They just write him off. That's it. Got to go get him. And uh, Claude wastes him with like an MP40 or something. Dude, yeah. Or it's the machine gun the police officer had because that fucking police officer sprays, you know, the door and then fucking bursts in and he gets him, you know, uh, the jackal gets him with his one shot that he chambered. And I love, dude, one of my favorite moments in this movie, this desperate moment between Claude and the jackal as the jackal has fired his one shot and Claude doesn't have a gun. So he's scrambling to get the police officer's gun while Claude or while the jackal is scrambling to load another shot in this very difficult to load one shot rifle. Uh, it's so it's so tense. It's awesome. Oh no, I'm looking at that's not an MP40. It's a it's a Mat 49. I think they call Mat MAT. Oh. It's a French 9mm. Whew. Fucking so close, man. That was cool. That was a cool ending. They're just each scrambling for it. And they just waste a fucker. That's it. And And the parade and what I also love about it, the Liberation Day celebration and parades, they just keep on going. Nobody even fucking noticed. That I thought was excellent. I, I, I hated the idea of this ending with like a, the big, like, oh, and De Gaulle's scrambling and being covered. And uh, it's like this big thing. And then eventually Claude is like shaking hands with De Gaulle and the national, like <laughs> this big to do shit. I was really hoping it didn't go there. And I'm very glad it didn't. It Me is too. just very real. These professionals just, they accomplish their mission and nobody even knows. Yeah, movies did these crazy things back in the day that once the tor- story was told, they stopped, t- they stopped the movie. Yeah, they're just like, it's done. It like, the movie's over now because this was the whole point of the movie. We don't need to see him getting the medal on his chest. We don't, you know, it's, it's unnecessary. Unnecessary. All we find out is that the Jackal wasn't even sure necessarily an Englishman. Nobody knows who the hell he actually was. Yep. And that's it. Claude watches him be buried too. Yeah, man, that's intense. Sure. Fucking that's pauper's intense. grave, they call it, or whatever. Oof, yeah, nobody like, attending. Unnamed, dump him in the ground, no headstone. Damn. Damn. Fucking Claude is a badass. Claude's like, I'm going to sleep for three days, I think. Dude, fucking A. (laughs) Longest fucking month of your life. Like him walking away while they bury him and it just, like, the credits start. I'm like, that's gangster. It's a gangster way to end it. It is. It is. Just the marching band music. (laughs) And that is the movie. That is. It is time. It is time. And I, we, we... Probably should thank the man responsible for this, Matthew. Indeed. And and I'm going to do that by reading his listener comments. So, Scotty M. Bounty this. So, thank you, Mr. Scott. Thank you, Scott. I love this movie, which I guess is obvious since I paid for its bounty. I'm interested to hear your take on it since it's a lot slower paced than modern thrillers, but to me, it's every bit as effective. The first time I saw this, I only caught the very end where the Jekyll takes his shot at the call and misses. I think it's a testament to this movie that my first thought was, oh, no, it's spoiled, but instead I got to see the rest of this. Um, well, that would have been spoiled by history too, Scott, right? But he continues, <laughs> sadly, this was back in the dark days when dinosaurs roamed the land and VCRs were yet a standard household item. So it was a while before I could see the whole thing, but it was worth the wait. One of the things I like about this flick is how it plays fair with how the characters figure things out. Claude doesn't make sudden plot convenient intuitive leaps. He grinds forward logically to find his man. Case in point, to find them all within the French cabinet, LaBelle doesn't do any fancy mental tricks. He just bugs all of their phones. I don't know if, I don't know if you could remake this movie now. 
and I will not speak of the Bruce Willis abomination from the 90s, it's very much of its time with this needing to gather paper records of every hotel guest in France and all of the other things that could be solved nowadays with a computer search. And that's a good point. Fun fact, mm-hmm. Frederick Forsyth, throughout the original novel, used a real-life loophole in the British passport system to describe how the jackal gets the Paul Oliver Duggan passport. He did this deliberately. You already talked about this. To yeah. call attention to the loophole and to try to get fixed, which didn't happen until almost 30 years later. Favorite line, the monologue on Commissioner Batier tells the cabinet uh, just how screwed they are. They have to find a man with no face, no name, no record of any kind, and they have to do it in secret. Anyway, I've blathered long enough. Thank you. Thank you, sir. That was a nice comment, and I appreciate it. Awesome. And um, we would have had more comments, except... Um, we uh, we would have. Uh, what We would have had more listener comments uh, if I hadn't, with my slippery, buttery hands, dropped <laughs> the fucking ball and didn't make a fucking listener comment post. Well, here's the good Oops. news. Here's the good news. Mm-hmm. We have uh, some mature listeners, and sometimes mature listeners... I would hope don't always need to be prompted to write into the show to know. You mean that they we're gonna... take some initiative? Imagine that, <laughs> and uh, they can do that by going over to slash scheduling and it has a list of when all of the movie episodes are going to drop, which is every Monday. And you can look ahead. And if you like any of those movies, and you want to comment on them, you don't have to wait for Matt's post on Facebook. You can email us hosts at libertyshreekgeek.net. That's right, hosts at libertyshreekgeek.net. Yeah. You can do that, Matthew. And, uh, and and I encourage you to do that because next week we're going to be talking about uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, which is going to be a lot of fun. But before that, <laughs> uh, so if you want to write in about that movie, host at libertyshreekgeek.net and do it before next Thursday. We going to do that one live? That's the poll winner. Nope. <laughs> so, Day in the Jackal. Uh, Danny Fouch writes in, Hi, guys. <laughs> Day- Sorry. Day of the Jackal is one of the great spy movies. It is all about building tension throughout. It is also extraordinarily in that the tension is whether a true sociopath is going to get caught trying to assassinate a head of state. Watching the Jackal slip through the society and the apparatus of modern state on a mission that is completely and dearly driven by his desire to be the best makes this a classic. It's a long movie with not a lot of action, but it really holds the audience's attention. Fantastic pick for a bounty. So, Scott, you have Danny's approval for your bounty pick. He uh, He's a big fan. OG. Matthew. Mm. Yes, up. Hate it, don't like it, like it, love it. Mm. Strong like. Not quite love, strong like. I like Would it. rewatch it. Yeah. I like it, but I'm not gonna I'm not getting crazy about it. But it was fun to talk about. More fun Can than be- I thought it was gonna be. I was a little concerned. <laughs> I didn't yeah, want to get the, lost yeah. in the minutiae of all of the scenes that the way they edit them all. I was just like, I can't we can't do this. Can't do this forever. Yeah. But it was a good show. It was fun to chat about. It was cool to watch. Um the movie got a lot more interesting when I shut my laptop. Um, so that there just goes go. to show you that sometimes that can happen when you're covering these movies. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Well, don't forget to check out some of our membership options, Matt. LibertyStreetGeek.net slash join. I don't know if you know this, but for as little as five bucks a month, you can be a member and get access to bonus content. You can get discounts on some of our cool t-shirts, which we just dropped, by the way. So make sure you go check out the Ooh. shop. We got the new F-Bombs Away t-shirt. Uh, probably so one good. of the best designs yet. It's really cool. Honestly. Yeah. We've been it's selling like them. Literally one of the bomber girls from like a World War II plane. Ah, it's so, riding on F-bomb. It's That's ah, awesome. It's really cool. And oh, uh, yeah. all of the other t-shirts are back in stock. So if you are listening to the show and you're like, when they have fucking t-shirts, going to be back in stock. Um, all of the t-shirts are now in stock. So there you have it. And um, I think that is it. All right, man. Um, what else do you want to say, Matt? I think that's it, man. I am fucking tapped on this 27-hour movie with billions and billions of characters. Awesome. 
Well, we're going to get out of here. Uh, Thanks again to Scott. And uh, let me just say, we will catch you guys next week for Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Goodbye.